Welcome to the Terrible Outdoorsman. Got Ryan Collin, your host. Bob Collin. Yo, yo, yo. What up for show? I'm sorry that I'm not in studio this week, but I am tuning in from the wonderful town of Midland, Michigan. Captain JG. JG. Oh, man. It's weird talking to you through a phone again. It was nice having yeah, you down like in it. studio. It was fun. It was yeah. a hoot, as they say. A hoot. Hoot. As the as the young folks say, as the as the owl flies, hoot. Uh, yeah, it was fun having you down, doing the shoot and stuff, doing the podcast oh, yeah. till like one thirty in the morning. Oh my god! Getting no. home that that got to my parents' is... house. Oh my at god! At like three a.m. Yeah, and then the alarm started going off at like six. Oh, it was such a bad idea. God, we are we have terrible ideas. It was it was a terrible outdoorsman. <laughs> that's to sum it up. Yeah, I, we stayed up until two o'clock in the morning, and then decided to go fishing at like five or six in the morning. Yeah, we yeah. met at what? You picked me up at seven, or I met you at seven. Yeah, right? I met you at seven, so I left my house by. Yeah, like so you six, had to get up at like five, five thirty. We left yeah. here at like one thirty. I got home and I crashed. I was out, and then I I felt like I blinked. And my alarm was going off, and I'm like, "Oh my fucking god, please!" I was ho- I was just hoping. Yeah. I look at my phone, and I see a text from one of you guys, like, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm out." <laughs> it was my boat, so I, I couldn't be the one that was out. You, you could know? be the one, yeah. I oh, had no, my you boat. Easily could have been the one, and, yeah. and I would have, I would have been like perfect. It would have been a, do- it would have been a domino effect, though. Like if I was out, Ryan would have been out. Yo, you would have been out. But if 100%. I showed up, like we were all showing up, yeah. so it was like I was the linchpin there. Like I had to go. Yeah. So I, I, I still had. I would have felt anyway, o- so. occupied. I'm glad that I went. Yeah. I would have felt occupied if Jason spent the night at my house, but the fact that he went home, I'm like, you no shame. I'm gonna go back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, Bob and Jason go fishing by themselves. They're good. Don't need me for nothing. Oh man, that drive would have sucked in the morning by myself, though. Oh yeah, somebody keep me awake. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so what's been new, Jason? Haven't well, I guess we haven't talked in a little over a week now. What the hell was that? So, oh, yeah. Let's see. Still, um, have to commend you all for taking me out casting for the first time in 2022. I can't believe that it was june before i cast a line that is just a disgrace oh yeah you're talking casting for any species <laughs> yeah 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 well you weren't casting when you were uh, ice fishing um no i ice fished one day and no i didn't cast and <laughs> <laughs> that took me a second i was like, I was like wait a minute you can't well, cast when you're what are you talking about? well i mean those those jigs like, they oh. cast so well but i never get any hits when i'm like i'm burning a, a topwater across the ice oh my God. i never get shit yeah. that would be awesome they gotta be they gotta be pretty aggressive to get them on topwater ice fishing yeah holy shit i'm gonna um, do that next year yeah i guess so, yeah, i didn't I realize that was your first casting i think we had talked about it but i just forgot about it and i would like to report to everyone listening if there is still anyone listening um first cast of the year did result in a nice healthy backlash (laughs) however however i did hide it and actually ryan and bob didn't realize that i had to pick a backlash out on the first cast i I didn't i didn't realize that well i think i think we were all pretty excited to start well we were all messing with our stuff doing our own thing yeah. yeah Was that that yeah. was that that new reel? The first time you cast that reel? It it, it was. Yeah, um, I had a brand new reel that was three years old that hadn't been used. I had wait wait brand new line. wait wait brand new three years old. 
It, it's yes. cursed, dude. It's cursed. You don't want to use it. Just give it to me. I'll take it off your hands. It's no big deal. Like, but I definitely <laughs> would not use you. it if you backlash on the first time you ever use a reel. Get rid of it. Get yeah. rid of it. It's gonna be yeah. <laughs> but why did you own this reel for three years and that was the first time you've casted it? Because it was for sale. <laughs> it, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was half off. What? Yeah. Yeah, I got that. What's it called? A Toro Beast. Yeah, he's got yeah. the Re- he's got it. a Revo Toro Beast. Like yeah. Else, I bought it in 2019 because it was on sale. Okay. And then. What I'm getting is then, why haven't you used it in 2019, I'm mixed, 20, I'm 21? Mixed. He's been creaking. Creaking. In, in 20, yeah, half the year we had the motor banned, so I didn't fish at all. And the other half. Yeah, we won't talk about that stupid shit. Uh, there was no motor band. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah, there was no motor band on my boat. <laughs> Three-year-old three brand-new reel. Um, I put that on the rod. I had purchased – so the line on that reel was purchased the day before. It was still nice and fresh. Tied up a good uh, strong knot to withstand the backlash. And, yeah, it was nice. I, I really liked that reel. I think I had told you guys before going, um, I had a ambassador, um, I think it's either a 55 or 6,500 reel on that rod. And I just, it just was, is that the blue one you're talking about? Or is that a different one? Different one. Yeah. Um, and I had used that. That was actually the reel that I hooked the one fish jigging. I can't even remember what year that was, but, um, it just, I had done some casting with that and it just didn't seem like a good combo. So I did yeah. get that reel, and I would say that felt a lot better balance, felt oh, better yeah. casting. It's like, I felt so good casting that I got a backlash. It's like butter reeling that stuff in, though, with that. Oh, it, yeah. it, it really is a game changer when, yeah. you're, when you're throwing the big stuff and you're, you're musky fishing. Like, to go from those yeah. round reels to just something like, yeah. you know, something like a Revo Toro Beast or, like, I bought a Daiwa this year, the, the, the Tattoo, and, like, it's, it's gravy. Yeah, I want to go. Um, I want to go back for a second. It, it just it just came out like a light bulb here because I completely had deleted that from my brain until Jason said it about the motor ban during. <laughs> <laughs> How fucking dumb was that? For real? Oh well, no, so, it wasn't. You couldn't. You could use electric motors, but you couldn't so use you a gas it? motor because you'd have real. to stop and get gas and touch the pumps, and you'd spread COVID on the pumps. Oh my god, man! How? Oh, it, all right, I'm just gonna. Leave if you it. I'm gonna leave it alone. I want to. I want to no, circle back. Let's to go that. there for a minute. Let's go there, right? Not, I, I, not too deep. Let's I don't go know. there. Like, we, we're gonna get like a like a Joe Rogan COVID notice on this thing or something. Well, fuck them. We'll switch to Spotify because he can say whatever the fuck he wants. On. No, Spotify. Our, is our podcast host is owned by Spotify, yeah, so fuck you. You know what? <laughs> Neil Young's not gonna listen to our podcast. Oh man, fuck. I'm, I'm sad face now. I couldn't tell. I couldn't Fucking name a single Neil Young song. Anyways, <laughs> hey, you just keep. Anyway, on, so yeah, keep on rocking it. <clears> so how dumb. How dumb was that? Was that shit, right? Like, you think back, like, you go back, like, all right, it's been two years since COVID started. Holy shit. Like, how, one, how has it been two years? But do you remember how crazy the world was two years ago to this day? Yeah. We were like, I mean, we couldn't leave our house. Yeah. We didn't know if we'd make it up to Winya. We didn't know if we'd be able to use the boat. Like, couldn't go to work, couldn't go get gas, couldn't go get groceries. Like, I remember, like, we'd go get groceries and Denise would go. 
and like quadruple mask up and shit. And she dropped like $700 in groceries. And we got pictures like on my front porch of it's just bags everywhere. Cause she'd like go once a month and stock up. And it's just, Oh my God. I remember, I remember buying like, I mean, cause we were that family that just, we all quarantined pretty much. Nikki well, was Nikki was still working in the hospital. We but, did, I guess. But um, I did to an extent. I couldn't take it after too long. Like, but I, I just I, we were that family that were ordering everything off Amazon all the time. So I had an Amazon truck coming in my house every, every single day, and uh, like I had bought I had bought like rod holders, and that's where I bought yeah. all my trolling gear was during during COVID. And I was like, man, yeah. I can't wait to use this. And then like the governor, the governor. The uh, she Chancellor Whitmer. <laughs> she, uh, <laughs> you know, she announces that you cannot go out on your boat, and I'm oh, like, yeah. "All right." All well, right. The, well, the I, best was when uh, she, this is when crazy. you couldn't go golfing, you couldn't go out on your boat, you couldn't go. I think at one point they could they didn't want you to go hunting or something, right? Like that was a a conversation. Like I, like on a boat, where where what better place to be on the water yeah. by myself well, out well, in the if, middle of a lake in well, fresh air? If the like, Coast Guard's got to rescue you, you know, it's no, the gonna coast, expose them to your COVID. The you, Coast Guard is not coming have. to rescue me on Portage Lake. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like come on. It, it was oh, just it man. was nuts, and I just uh, I remember the extreme frustration for a sportsman to say I can't go out and enjoy. It's illegal right now for me yeah. to go out and enjoy my sport. It was yeah. really disheartening at that point. I was, yeah, uh, I was, yeah, ready to move to Canada. Stupid. It was dumb. Oh yeah. Anyway, I anyway, I, d- I didn't want to bring it up. I know it's a sore spot for some people, but um, yeah, it, it just brought back a flashback when he said that, like yeah. uh, the no motor thing would just, yeah. bl- it blew my mind. I remember yeah. like ranting and raving, I think to you and dad on the phone, like oh, yeah. just yelling. All right. This <laughs> is, we're not going to make this a COVID hour. That, that's enough. That's a rabbit hole. The C word. Yeah. I don't have it right the now. C word. Pretty he sure. probably does have it. I might have it. Fuck. Oh, oh man. God. Fuck. Yeah. I just jinxed myself. Yeah. Anyway, we cool. went out fishing last weekend, and we were kind of talking about that a little bit, so let's get back to it. What were uh, We yeah, went out to we, St. Clair. So, yeah, we went out to St. Clair, tired as, as all hell, because we did a podcast till 1.30 in the morning. Uh, got out on the water about 8 o'clock. I, actually, on time. I did not think we were going to be on time. When we talked the night before, they're like, oh, yeah, let's meet up at 7 o'clock. I actually o'clock. felt bad. Yeah, because you I were late. I thought I thought I, you were going to be sitting there know, waiting. Of all people to not be late, it's not going to be you. He was literally like five minutes late, though. Like, yeah. But I will say, I will say to the people listening out there, if you are going to show up late, it is if it's only five minutes, it goes away when you report how many drinks and snacks you brought with you. Yeah, yeah, because he brought sandwiches and all kinds of shit. Yeah, he, I, he, I, I called. I think I called you and I was like, "Where are you at?" And you're like, "Oh, I'm a couple minutes away." Yeah. Or no, you pulled up. You pulled up and you're like, yeah, I got a bag full of sandwiches and snacks and waters and Gatorades. And I'm like, maybe as late as you want, buddy. He he spent that that five minutes that he was late. He was spending buying treats. Well, we went, uh, so we went to the shoot and I didn't think anything of it. Right. And we, I don't know, we get there and he gets to my house. He pulls out a cooler and he's got a cooler full of Gatorades and waters and, and he's got meat sticks, sticks. beef sticks and shit. And I'm like. What is all that? And he's like, oh, we're going to take it on the course. And I'm like, you're fucking genius. Yeah. Why didn't I think about that? Well, anytime that we anytime that we go out fishing, we literally buy like a bag of pretzels 
And then there might be like a couple beers in the cooler, a bunch of a couple waters, maybe a couple pops or something. Yeah, no, he brought but sandwiches, like, subs, meat sticks, cheez its. <laughs> but like a meal, like to to have a sandwich on the boat, like if you're fishing for eight to ten hours or something like that, to have a a, a actual sandwich on the boat, like it it changes things. Yeah. You know what? Instead I will of stuffing say, your face with pretzels and lickies and chewies. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I will say is, uh, and we'll get into maybe a few details about our trip, but, um, there's not the many trip, <laughs> yes, only as the trip progressed and we attempted trolling and got out the sandwiches, the, uh, the intensity <laughs> <laughs> kind of, it was a little bit more relaxed. It was. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we, so we laying, got out. I was laying in the back of the boat eating a sub. <laughs> I think like I was eating my sandwich. Neither one of you guys were eating your sandwiches because at, at that point we had we had just put on the trolling gear. We went maybe a hundred yards, and then all of a sudden I'm like in four feet of water, like just the, the channel, like the channel, just like whatever it was, sandbar cut out or something like that. And I'm running over four foot of water, and I'm like, hey, it's four feet. And you guys, so you guys are like, you guys are like struggling through the rods and shit. I'm just sitting there eating my sandwich. I'm like, every, eh, they got it. What am I going to do? You know, every, every time, time fuck with rods. Too? Every time oh, I picked up my sandwich, all of a sudden there's you know, one rods hitting weeds or, or we're in four feet of water. And I'm like, motherfucker, yeah, put we were, it down. We were in a shitty part I, I did, of the river. I didn't even have the fucker point, unwrapped. Yeah. <laughs> it took me 15 minutes yeah. to get it unwrapped. Yeah, and then, the well, time, so uh, yeah, time. maybe we should talk about the fact that once he did get it unwrapped, he made a goddamn mess. <laughs> oh, mess! Oh, <laughs> he, he got a, he got half the sandwich the on himself. Italian uh, dressing all over himself, all over the boat. It was it was a, <laughs> I was, was just kind of chuckling. That's why I don't break by sandwiches the time, on the boat. Uh, yeah, no, the, no glass bottles Ryan on the got, boat. By the time Ryan got to eat a sandwich, the bread was dry. It was. It was dry as fuck. Huh. It was, yeah, anyways, drier than a popcorn so fart. So uh, we got out. Let's start out with that trip. Yeah. Yeah. So where do we even start? It ends where it starts. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we we, we went out of we went to St. Clair, put in at Fairhaven to, with the idea of fishing Bouvier Bay and up in that area. And uh, we hit a major break line that we've normally fished before and saw nothing. Well, that break line that we fished was, is it was anytime I've fished it before. It's had like good weeds in that area. And it was yeah. just, it's, it's a little bit of contour and on St. Clair, there's not a lot of contour. That's yeah. so when you can find something that, that drops from goes, six feet down to 12, it, you know, in pretty significantly, like that's something you want to target. So we've, we've hit it before and we've seen fish on this point. Yeah. And we went out there and we hit it, and I'm just looking for weeds at that point, and there was nothing. It was it was moon, yeah. and we were like, "Well, shit, maybe." Uh, well, apparently the weeds aren't up yet, you know. So, like, what are we gonna do next? Well, both Ryan and myself uh, forgot to bring our polarized glasses. No, 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 no. We didn't just bring polar glasses. We didn't bring any glasses. Right, right. We were so excited to get out there. Like we completely forgot our, uh, and more importantly, I, w- I was so. sucking ass at this point. So I needed my monster that I had bought. Yeah. Um, cause I forgot coffee cause I, um, was dead when I got home. So I didn't get the coffee ready. So I stopped and got a monster on the way. And that was more important to me than the sunglasses at that point. Cause I was exhausted. Yeah. We were like a half mile from the launch. So we motored back real quick, (laughs) get all that shit. And then we're like, eh, where are we going next? And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, 
I'm not like the greatest St. Clair captain. I really don't know shit about that lake. Other, I've been on it probably I don't know ten times, and I still don't know shit about that lake. But well, it changes every year. So when you do learn something about it, it the shit changes the next year. Like <laughs> right, weed so, beds move, and and I'm like, uh, we're two guys, and they're like, yep. <laughs> like, How about well, that? Uh, where the hell are we gonna go? Area. Well, yeah, yeah, that that so. I mean, the few times that we have fished Bouvier Bay, we've only fished that area a couple of times, honestly. There were some massive weed beds that we saw out there, um, mainly towards Grassy Island, which is, what, maybe a mile or two out from Probably the launch. A mile, yeah. um, but from what I remember, there were these massive weed beds out there. But back when we fished them before and you could see them, you could see them just standing in the boat because the sun was shining and you could see like a distinct color change in the water and we motor over it and like yep it's a weed bed well it was cloudy kind of rainy that day so you couldn't see anything so we're just started i think at that point we just started driving around um and we were just driving around we didn't even have lures in the water we were just like putzing around like i think you got it up on plane for a little bit but then we're going slow and we're just trying to find some weed beds and at one point i'm thinking like why don't we have lures out the back like we're rolling four or five miles per hour i think like, at one point i got i kind of got myself right outside of grassy <clears throat> island there's a uh there's like a it's like a four foot it's like four foot deep in a sandbar for like but it's it's like a mile wide mm-hmm. so trying to get across i'm like just motoring trying to get across that and yeah. i can't bring it up on plane because it's too shallow and like, it's super shallow. I, I don't remember it being that shallow but again i I don't it's been it's been shit probably what four or five years since we've yeah. fished that even that part of the lake yeah but but yeah that that grassy island area has always been intriguing to me because the there's two parts to the uh, channel the north channel that run through that area and it kind of splits right there at grassy island so you've got like two parts of the channel and then you've got some pretty good breaks and drop-offs from that island itself coming from shallow water down to deep and it's just it it looks nice on a map and i know that you know fish are caught there every year but at this point we you know we started targeting and we did fish that a little bit we targeted that a little bit with some lures and and it was kind of not seeing anything whatsoever. Nothing. So Nothing. we saw it, but there was a shit ton well, of boats. you guys were casting in like two feet of water. <laughs> I was casting in the deep side. And yeah. I'm thinking like, what the fuck are you guys throwing at? Like you're casting like bass, like bass even throwing for muskie. And like, hey, maybe there's a muskie sitting up there, but I guess I, you got to cover just, yeah, I was just trying to go. As, I was throwing I guess like you, a, at, at, that, at the time, that's what I'm thinking. Since then, I was listening to a podcast actually this week. And they were talking about like this time of year in some lakes, they're, they're hitting two to four feet of water to find muskie, depending on the water temp. And the water temp out there was what, like 55, yeah, 56? Like it was pretty chilly. So now yeah. I'm thinking back, like I might not have been that bad of an idea. But, yeah. So it, it was just kind of a matter of targeting everything. Like I knew you were throwing into the deep and Jason was kind of throwing out like kind of along the break line. And I was throwing up right up into the shit. So. Just had, just we had figured, everything covered that way, just nothing. I nothing figure if we happening. got three three lines out there and two are going shallow, burning blades and burning crankbaits, like I might as well toss yeah. some rubber rubber over the other side. Yeah. Till we move a fish, but And then we saw we saw the a shit ton of boats up in the north channel. And we were like, let's go see what these guys are all about. We didn't I didn't know what they were doing. I assumed they were walleye fishermen at the time and and as we rolled up there, yeah, they were definitely walleye fishermen. It looked like they were you know, bottom bouncing through uh, into the uh, North Channel. The North Channel, but I I had never been in that part of the North Channel. Yeah, before. same was, same here. It's pretty cool. I, I really liked it. Like just going up there and seeing some of that contour, seeing the depth 
it was crazy. 40 feet of, you know, 40 feet of water. Yeah. Anywhere on St. Clair, 40 feet of water, is, that's the deepest I've ever seen it. But yeah. we got up in there and uh, pretty good current and stuff moving through there. And yeah. we got up in there and messed around a little bit, did a little bit of jigging and just some kind of just exploring a little bit more than anything and did that for a while. Yeah. And then we're like, hey, let's go explore another part. And that's when we, I think we hooked up the trolling gear and, and started dragging some stuff around saying, all right, that's when the sandwiches came out. That's when the sandwiches came out. Well, you think about like from that point of that story that we just told, that's like three hours. (laughs) Yeah, Honestly, like, cause nothing's close, like in St. Clair. Like, so from the launch to do all that and then go back to the launch and then motor back to the grass Island and then motor up the channel. Like honestly, God, it was like 11 o'clock by the time we got up in there. Yeah. Like, holy fuck, where'd the day go? You know, there was a lot of walleye fishermen up there. I think that they're still doing pretty good. And I, I can't remember what it was. It was something that I was, maybe you were telling us, Jason, or somebody was telling us that they, they do, they tend to do better. Like after the run in Detroit, they tend to do pretty good in the, you know, in the North Channel and in the St. Clair River. But didn't you say as the water that as comes it gets a little bit later that flows through St. Clair River and the North Channel is generally colder? Yeah, because that water is coming straight from Lake Huron, yeah. so it's a little bit colder. The water from the Detroit River has, you know, it's gone like through the shallow part of Lake St. Clair, and so, yeah, like you said, Bob, the bit. fishing there it, it tends to be a little bit behind the Detroit River, and yeah, yeah, it seems like they're doing well. For for reference, I just looked up on my phone the distance from the launch to Grassy Island. No wonder it took us so long to get over there. It's a little over three and a half miles. Jesus. <laughs> It felt like it. <laughs> it, felt, yeah, yeah. it like we, and we were we going like five miles per hour. Yeah, so we saw it up there. And it's like, oh, we'll just go up there. Like you said, Bob, it was too shallow to get up on plane. Like we'll just put over there, and it just kept getting. It, I mean, it yeah. was like never getting closer. Yeah. Well, I, I kept telling you too. Like, like the distances are so deceiving on Saint Clair too. Like you, you're looking at this little island out in the middle of nowhere, and you're like, oh, it's not that far away. Yeah. And you put you put the boat up on plane. And you're driving for 20 minutes, and you're like, holy shit, it's still out there. Like, what the hell, man? Yeah. Like it. it it's it's a big lake. It's like it's. Uh, it's yeah, I, I think it should be one of the great lakes. It's that damn big, you know. Yeah. But but anyway, either way, after we got through the channel, we did a little bit of trolling. We had some some sandwich mishaps, and uh, I got a I got a story about the Great Lakes. Just because did you listen to the Mediator podcast this week? I did not know. So they got a trivia show that's on there. Um, it, well, it, it, they just started doing it as its own podcast now. And one of the, and it's actually pretty good. It's like a half hour long. They just do random trivia about like conservation, hunting, fishing, stuff like that. But one of the questions was what lake was actually a sixth great, great lake for 18 days. It's gotta be St. Cleasy. What do you think? Jason? I, I mean, I guess I'm going to say that it's not St. Clair because Houghton. it would be too easy for you to bring that up. So I'm going to say it's one of the big inland lakes. Houghton would be the biggest. Inland. It's got nothing to do with Michigan. <clears throat> really? <laughs> okay. Lake of the if, woods. I, if I remember right, Lake it was, of the woods. It was, no, it was like in Nevada. <clears throat> it was some rain. Really? I, I want to say, I'm going to go back and listen Great to it. Great Salt Lake. It was some, it was nowhere near the Great Lakes and it was something where like the governor of Nevada signed some new law in and he like in fine print put in there, like establishing it as a great lakes. And it went through, it passed and nobody caught it <laughs> until all of a sudden 
somebody caught it, like CNN caught it or something, and it became national news apparently according to the show, and it was a big deal. And by the time they got it reversed, um, it took 18 days. So oh, it was actually wow. a, gr- a sixth great lake for 18 days. Oh, hell Look, no. Google that, Jason. Find out what lake okay. it was because I want to say it was Nevada because it was, it was something – Completely random, and I'm like, why? It's not even close. Why the hell would he even want to make it a Great Lake? Stupid. <laughs> I think St. Clair could be a, a Great Lake. I don't know why it's not. It's huge. Actually, I don't know. Like, because I was I was looking at the map the other day. <sighs> kind of long story short, I watched last night. I watched a uh, like a short documentary just on YouTube about the Edmund Fitzgerald. It was actually pretty sweet. It's called I don't I can't remember what the name of the podcast. It's like Great Lakes horror stories or something like that i don't know but it was anyway bob doesn't sleep at night (laughs) no it was awesome though it gave the whole history of the edmund fitzgerald and like then it went kind of like you know minute by minute through its sinking but when you look at it in reference if you look at the map and you look at just look at whitefish bay where the edmund fitzgerald just it sunk up just outside of that but if you look at whitefish bay whitefish bay is about the size of lake st Clair. Mm -hmm. Lake Superior is massive, dude. It is ridiculously huge. And one of the one of the things that that guy said was that all of the Great Lakes could fit inside of Superior. Yeah. So if you were to take all the the mass of yeah. all the Great Lakes, you could fit them all inside of Lake Superior. Superior is supposed nuts. to be, and Jason, you might know this from your time up there. Superior is supposed to be a phenomenal fishery. Just in general, for like, oh, yeah. like lake trout and walleye and stuff like that. Like I follow so a couple big. of guys who are guides up there, and like they're constantly posting just massive lake trout and stuff. I remember going. So I found uh, I found an article that you were talking about. So you were a little bit in the wrong part of the country. It's actually it was Lake Champlain. Lake in, Champlain. It's in like New yep. York or something. New York, yeah. In Vermont, yeah. Vermont, Vermont, Vermont. New York, Nevada, yeah. Vermont. It's the same fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> Nebraska, you know, whatever. I'll just edit all this out. Yeah, it's Vermont. <laughs> Lake Champlain. Yes, yeah, yep. but again, makes no sense. Why the fuck they would name uh, a Great Lake in? It's in probably not that far recent. from Ontario. This was recent. Uh, this is not like this is not like oh, it happened in the old Lake days. Ontario. This happened in ninety yeah, eight. Yeah, yeah, ninety eight. That's when it happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 25 years ago. Oh, my God. I don't remember this ever happening, you know but what? apparently it was a big deal. It was national news. Stupid. That, that That's your stupid uh, trivia for the day. Uh, where were we even at? Of- oh, <clears throat> go ahead, Lake Sinclair. I was going to say, speaking of stupid trivia, I, since I'm an old man that goes to bed early, I tend to watch Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune and then go to bed. And, Hell, um, yeah. Th- Battle Creek, Michigan was on Wheel of Fortune last week, and nobody could get it. Really? Just another useless tidbit of Useless trivia. information right there. Have you ever watched the documentary called Draining the Great Lakes? Um, I think not, it's like not, National Geographic. Not got Draining whole... the Great Lakes, but I've seen Draining. Yeah, there was one that was like where they would drain like certain – or shipwrecks and stuff like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's somewhere in the Indian Ocean, like it, draining the it, Indian Ocean. It's a Ocean whole series on, yeah, I think, like National that. Geographic, but I want to say there it's on Maybe History Amazon or Prime or something. But they, it's a series. I don't know if it's a series or just a really long episode of if you if, what would happen if you were to drain the Great Lakes. Like what would you see? And they pick like maybe seven or eight like points of, and they like do like these these really cool like. I guess recreations of what that bottom would look like if you were to drain it. Um, 
like one is like under the Mackinac Bridge, what that looks like. Some of the shipwrecks. Um, I think Lake Erie was on there. It's a really cool documentary. They, I think they talk about I, Whitefish Bay. Um, I think there's been. I think, cool. like you said, Ryan. I think it's a. I think it's a series. I've seen bits and pieces of yeah. it. Um, I've never sat and there, watched all of it. But yeah, there's cool one stuff. I watched that draining the English Channel. That was awesome yeah. about all the World War II ships that, that are down there. Oh yeah, blow your mind. Yeah, oh they, my god. I think, I think there's another one on Pearl Harbor, draining think, draining Pearl Harbor to see all the ships that are sunk there. I think the Great Lakes, I think the in that documentary I watched last night, you said something around like 6,000 shipwrecks noted, yeah. you know, that, well, they, we saw, that they know we of. We saw one in the North Channel. And, and roughly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. We floated well, it, over it. Was, it. it was something like six, like 6,000 shipwrecks and like roughly 30,000 people have died in in yeah. different shipwreck events throughout the Great Lakes, yeah. throughout known history. want to hear... Which is nuts. And that's like crazy, the documented ones, you know? want to hear a terrible outdoorsman story about that shipwreck? Which one? The one that we floated over. What, did you look it up? So... Nerd I alert. Didn't look it up, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, so... Oh, are you talking about when we went ago, out last week? Yeah. On St. Yeah, Clair? yeah. So yeah, there was, I thought we, we saw were, something. where we were, where we were, I was like, I think I've been in this area before, but I'm not sure. And I talked to my dad because about 10 years ago, he knew a guy in the roofing business that had a house out there in that area, like North Channel, Middle Channel and all that. And we went and visited it in our boat and we launched from Decker's Landing, which we passed the sign over there. Mm-hmm. And we went down because you guys, we were in the North Channel, we swung around the corner and then we were in the Middle Channel and we floated through there and that's where we were casting and that's where we saw it. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to dad. So like I said, 10, 15 years ago, we went to meet this guy and we were going to perch fish. So we had some perch minnows in our boat. We see his little place. It's like you said, one of those little like seawall islands, right? We go out, we see him. He's got a boat. We go for a ride. We end up going with him. We end up going, I forget what the name of the bay we were going through, but he went to give us a ride and we cut through like some of those canals and stuff. And this guy is ripping through the bay and the no motors kind of making some noise and we're like not really paying too much attention. And I'm looking back and I'm like, why is it that where we are driving, the water is clear on either side and it's brown in the middle. And the guy was dragging bottom with his boat while we were driving around oh, in those oh, shallow God. bays. So anyway, so fast forward, we get back to his little shack. The minnows have roasted all day in the minnow bucket. So they're all dead. Dad and I went out to fish and we tried to drop anchor in all of that current and stuff. And so when we dropped it, it got hung up on that shipwreck and we lost our it. anchor and our anchor it, line. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> really? And oh I was like, I, I told dad where we were and I was like, I feel like we were in that spot. And he goes, yeah, that's where we were that day. So there you go. Yeah. It Turn was crazy. Norseman. It was on my side imaging that we were able to see yeah. like, we're like, what the, they noticed it. Even on your regular like, sonar, was it was just this big blob down there. And then yeah. when you saw it on the side imaging as we yeah. went across, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like you can see clear as day. That's, a, that's yeah. A, it looked like yeah. some something. Like yeah. some who knows? It's Muskie just sitting down there. Just it's Detroit. Nom, it's nom, Detroit. Nom. It could have been a car that went through the ice Hoff, or some shit. Hoffa yeah. was down there. It could have been. Hoffa. Well, I know that there is uh, there's an anchor down there with green rope attached to it because it's obvious. Yeah. Time to get the <laughs> scuba gear out. All right, so that's ten minutes of useless information. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
I, I, so back I, to I, our fishing trip. Man, we could make this a podcast talking about like Great Lakes history. That wouldn't be a bad topic, dude. It I would be cool to break down. Uh, I took a course in high school that was that was Michigan history. It was taught by a dude. His name was Mister Gibney, and I'm telling you, it was 100 percent the best class I've ever taken in my life, and. It, I probably learned more in that class than I have in any other class because I was really interested in it. It was all about just Michigan all the way back from, like, you know, when they first settled Michigan, uh, like, a million years ago and stuff. So, it was cool. Anyway. Well, that's not what I was what I was referencing. Oh, what, what did you – oh, oh. Wrap it up. Oh. <laughs> well, you got another one of them coming. Yeah. Cue it up. Snorts. Since we didn't do it at the beginning. Ah, we suck. So much for, like, traditions. We suck again. (laughs) We suck a big time. (laughs) (sighs) This is that moment that our listener said, I'm going to bed. All right. So we we talked a little bit about our St. Clair event. Uh, it, It was fun. It was, to me, it was exploratory. Every time I go out to St. Clair, I learn something different. You know, every time that I go out, I learn a little bit more about my electronics you know, a little like, bit more about musky fishing in general, and I felt that it was a good exploratory trip, just yeah. not productive at all. Well, we didn't really cast much. I was thinking back about it. Like, we just didn't fish much. Like, we did so much motoring around. Yeah. And honestly, looking for weed beds, because after we got out of the channel, that's when we put on the trolling gear. And I don't think we cast again, did we? I, I think that no, we, we were too busy we're, eating sandwiches. We were sucking yeah. down sandwiches and Gatorades, and then we just put on the, the planer boards, and we just drove around looking... With the idea of looking for weed beds, and we never saw any weeds. Not a single weed. What, two hours Bay. after that, we just drove around through Bouvier Bay, and it was just smooth. So it, It's super early, though. That's that's the thing. Even June, like, we're, we're used to, we're kind of used to, like, we get kind of geared up and start thinking about musky fishing, or even we start our musky fishing a little bit earlier, and... On St. Clair, we don't start till the first week in June, but on the first week in June is super, super early for St. Clair. Yeah. So it's like, I think that if we really wanted to target fish, we needed to be maybe into Anchor Bay and damn near shore busting. And we like within a hundred meters of shore, we should have been like super shallow. I'd yeah. say four, four to six feet, no deeper. And and, yeah. and and that we would have seen weeds at that point up yeah. in up in Anchor Bay. We've done it for years. Well, I think we were thinking but, that just with the warm weather we've had what the last two three weeks right yeah but we got to remember we had a super late ice out which i think that controls the weeds probably more than anything you know especially when you're thinking early season like whether you're going to see when you're going to be seeing that those weeds pop and i think just that super late ice out probably is why we didn't see anything Right, right. So it was nice. Uh, it was nice logging onto Facebook at the end of the day, seeing all the charter Facebook groups that we follow <laughs> post pictures of muskies so, that they caught that it, morning. It, the river was hot. Detroit River yeah. was killing it, man. Yeah. There was a couple giants yeah. caught in Detroit River that same weekend that we yeah. were out, and it was it was actually the day before because the day we were out was oh, it right. was super overcast. But yeah. in a lot of the pictures I saw, it must have been Saturday yeah. that that they, some people were catching some fish because it was like bluebird skies out. But they were like in the Detroit River and they were like jigging. Bondi just posted yeah. today his client today caught a fifty one and a quarter in the Detroit River jigging. So Son of a bitch. Yeah. our eighteen foot our eighteen foot boat was just repaired and it's ready to go 
And so I do plan on jigging the river when I'm down there next so, time. So you better call us. So get oh, yeah. so get this, Jason. What the hell were oh it was a, it was a podcast we were listening to. I found some random shit, some random stuff, and um, there were some there were some tagging studies that were done uh, regarding muskies in Lake Erie. All right, Detroit River muskies, just just to kind yeah. of see where these fish are migrating. And um, they did a bunch of tagging. I can't remember how many fish they tagged, but it was uh, what they found is that the majority of the fish that they were tagging up in the Detroit River that that, that had come up into to the uh, Detroit River in the spring or in the, around this time of year were all coming from Lake Erie. The vast majority of them were coming from Lake Erie, not St. Clair. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Blew my fucking mind, man, because I was like, I, you never hear about Erie as a, as a musky fishery at all. So the Which majority you would think of those because fish, Lake yeah, Erie is generally a shallower lake. Like you think it would be well known. Oh, for I'm musky. sure. I'm sure there's established musky. It's just it's just not. I mean, it's it's a walleye fishery. You know, everybody yeah. everybody targets perch and walleye out on on Erie, and it's just really not a hot spot for musky. But I bet if you were to go out there and target them, you know, you could probably yeah. find them. But either way, like I just thought that that was super interesting. And then they talked a little bit about, um, like the St. Clair River, like how it being like a completely different strain of fish, um, which I found, you know, fish that are in the upper St. Clair River versus fish that are in St. Clair are like completely different, completely yeah. different fish. Yeah. And I'm like, it just it, mind it, it, blown. Right. It right. It just kind of uh, it, it threw me for a loop because I think that these fish all kind of belong to the same species same same systems and things like that and they just kind of freely float from here on and you know into st Clair river st Clair, detroit river erie whatever yeah. but they're actually very separate and they migrate into different areas during during the spawn and things like that but yeah. i just thought it was it was nuts i'll send you the podcast i don't know if you listen to podcasts other than ours but um you better listen to ours. <laughs> but, but, but this was a good one. I listen to it all the time. This was a good one. There's a, it's a guy named Will Schultz. Uh, he's interviewed by, I don't, I don't even remember the name of the podcast. The, it was was a, one of the, the guys from Rhino Outdoors. Yeah, Team Rhino Outdoors, Team Rhino, yeah. which is a big musky, uh, musky company. They yeah, make but, like, Team Rhino Outdoors, they take like just regular baits and they make them their own like custom baits, custom paint jobs, and stuff like that. So. Well, yeah, Will Schultz is a he's a guy. He's a major member of like I think, MMA. The I Michigan think he's Muscle still Alliance. like the president of MMA unless he stepped down. He was when we were part of it. He used MMA. to be a guide. He used to be a guide. I know he stopped guiding, but he was yeah. yeah, like he was he was in charge of a lot of stuff on MMA. And I remember I think I've conversed with him a couple times through MMA back when we were members of MMA. MMA and is the us, Michigan uh, Muskie Alliance, by the way. It's right, not mixed right, martial right. arts. Back, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> back when we were fighters, but um, cage <laughs> fighters. But it, but it, the guy is super super knowledgeable when it comes to Michigan Muskies, St. Clair Muskies, and stuff like yeah. that. So he had a lot of really really good info to, to think, talk about when it comes to the St. Clair stuff because it, it is a nut to crack, man. And it, it is a very. It, it, I wouldn't say it's not a. There's not. It's not a difficult fishery, but it is large and it it is intimidating and it's not for everybody because he talks i I think it was later on we talked i think we i listened to one from spencer berman who's a major musky guide on on lake st Clair as well and he talked about how you know a lot of people will come out to do it like st Clair will get a lot of you know out-of-staters or even people that come from canada to come fish st Clair just because it is a world-renowned fishery and they'll come out there to target musky and 
they'll do it like once and they're like, all right, I did that. Cool. I'm going to go back to, you know, shore busting, you know, uh, Lake of the Woods or something. Because it's that is kind of a, you know, it's a little bit more appealing to be able to cast at something instead of just going out to open water and chucking giant, you know, rubber baits around and trying to. Yeah. But the thing about St. Clair is that you can catch some monstrous fish. You can catch some yep. really, den- really the large fish. The density is there for sure. Right, right. And, the yeah, the population density is, is higher than a lot of other lakes. So yeah. you'll, your odds of catching a muskie are a lot greater on St. Clair. There's more there's more smallmouth bass fishermen that catch muskie out there than muskie fishermen. I guess, I guess I'm going for smallmouth bass because yeah, yeah, no so, shit. So moral of our, our trip to, to wrap up our trip. Um, since we've taken uh, this trip and spent 45 minutes on uh, nothing, we didn't catch anything. We didn't see anything. <laughs> but true. No, but again, but again, not a waste. No, it was. was it wasn't. Again, I was. I was thinking back. Like at first, I'm like, oh, we, didn't, we didn't fish at all. Like oh, we suck. But looking back at it, like the next day, I'm like, well, we explored a lot of new water. Though we saw a lot of cool shit. Kind of got a lay of the land. We messed with the trolling gear, got the planer board set up. You taught us a little bit about about some trolling stuff. Like, oh no, it was good. Like it just first first outing. We were terrible outdoorsmen, so we're not supposed to catch fish, right? We weren't expecting that. Hey, when we when I look back, when I look back on it, I say, no trailer bearings blue. Booyah! The boat plug was in. That we didn't lose anything. Like. It was an excellent trip. Yeah. So go. far, I've got I've got a pretty good track record with my boat, but it is only a couple of years that, old. Yeah. So. yeah. That's okay. Ryan and I are taking care of yep. uh, the other half <laughs> we, of the equation. Yeah. We we we've we've stepped up and, and taken over that thing. So, all right. So the now that we're an hour into the podcast, we're this this whole podcast is based around musky. Now that you know we're, we're that's all we've talked about. So so we're gonna break down musky musky madness musky madness. <laughs> So we got a trip coming up next weekend. Now this up, I guess, uh, yeah, next weekend, uh, end of June, going to Tequamina River. Yeah. And I'm freaking stoked about so, it. We've, we've talked about it briefly. Um, but we're going to break it down a little bit about what we're doing. We've never done it before. Um, I don't – well, I know one guy that's done um, the Tequamina the River over by Newberry where it's a very shallow, small, narrow river where you really need a canoe or like a small rowboat to be able to get in it. We're going um, kind of the other side of the falls. Yeah, the lower falls. Yeah, and so I I don't know anybody that's fished this. Um, But, yeah, so we're going to be staying at the campground right there at the mouth of Lake Superior. Um, Launching there, so we'll be launching right at the mouth. And then motoring, it's 17 miles from there up to the falls. And it's all pretty deep where you can motor your boat on plane, um, or at least at a steady pace to get up there. So we've got, what, five days to break down that section of water. So, which is going to be a feat. You think about it, 17 miles of river, that's a lot of fucking water, you know. I'd, I'd like to preface a little bit this um, musky fishing itself. So... Like there's a certain draw that 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 at least I've attained to musky fishing, and it's 
I don't know what it is. Like we, me and Ryan were talking about this the other day. Like it, normally, like I'll call him on my way from home from work, or he'll call me. I'm, you know, normally we're driving about the same time on the way home, so we call each other and we literally talk about musky fishing every time. <laughs> what lures and, did you buy? What lures did you buy? Yeah, and like I think I could use this in this area. Don't, don't tell my wife. <laughs> yeah, dude, don't tell my wife I love this. And uh, I got I got to try to get home so I can hide my. my I got to get home. I got to get home before the FedEx guy gets there. Yeah, before before the musky shop. <laughs> shows up in my door <laughs> but uh so there's a certain allure to uh to musky fishing that we and i think we've talked about this in other podcasts you know about catching musky and like it, it was just kind of a game changer for me when it came to when it came to fishing like i i love to go out and catch a walleye or catch bass and catch pike and catch just catching fish is fun in general but when it comes to to musky fishing it's a little bit more like hunting to me where it, it's it's all day. It's a grind all day long. You, you know, just like hunting where you're sitting in a stand all day long waiting for one shot at a trophy buck. You know, if you're going out to hunt for meat, that's cool. Like, if you just want to go out and shoot a doe or something or whatever you want to do just to, just to hunt meat, that's walleye fishing. Yeah. Right? But if you want to go out and you want to kill a trophy buck... It's a little bit different style of hunting, right? It's a, you're, you're, you're sitting and you're holding and you're passing out other, you know, small bucks and things like that. And then eventually you you may get a shot at this one, right? But that one, that one encounter makes it worth all of it. And that's musky fishing to me is that that one encounter makes it worth all of it. I can go out and not catch a single fish, but if I've got a couple of follows or if I have a couple that, that, that come up both sides in a figure eight or something like that, like that's the adrenaline that you get from that is just, it's equal yeah. to catching yeah. five walleye. The adrenaline or, I had when I caught or something, you know, like that, that year up at Winyo where I put two musky in the boat, like back to back nights, like how I felt at that moment, honestly is better than any deer I've ever shot. And I haven't really, I haven't put one on a wall as we know, bold tradition. Um, yeah. And, and that adrenaline I had that day was it, it right. nothing even compares to it, you know. So, like in the it, hunting and fishing world, obviously. But but it, but it goes, it gets even deeper when you start to think about like, and we're gonna and we're gonna dive into this, and this is probably gonna be another two hour podcast because like we're so I'm when you throw this page of, of agenda right out the window, right? When you start talking about when you, like when especially when it comes to equipment, like lures. When you start talking about musky lures, there's not a musky fisherman out there that's not broke. They're all Truth. broke. They are all broke because each bait, you know, it's $25, $25 for a single bait. And, and you got to have every And you got to have it. And you got to have it in every color. And you got to have it for this application, that application, yeah. and so on and so forth. So before we get there. It's like a weird obsession, though. Like, I've had so this let's, let's, let's step back. obsession. Let's step people. back. Bob so, can't handle himself right now. He can't. So let's step back. What got you... The bug, what 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 got you to to the? Because it's an addiction, right? Like it it is. Once you, we've been fishing for him for ten plus years, and we honestly haven't produced, in my eyes, a lot of musky. Like we put a few, um, but we just haven't. Like you, anybody else would think, why the fuck are you still fishing for these things? Honestly, it was, and, and so so what is it for you personally? It was it was that first fish that you caught. You're and, welcome. And that, sorry, Nikki, for the bank account. Yeah, you caught that. You caught that fish, <laughs> and to date, it was the biggest fish that we had put in my boat. Period. 
whether that be northern pike or walleye or anything like that and it wasn't it wasn't a, a huge muskie but it was a muskie yeah. and in the fight that it put on and the the you know and just the adrenaline that it caused me just i didn't even catch it and so, like, in the celebration afterwards, like, it was like killing a buck, you Honestly. know? Like, we were high-fiving in the boat yep. and, like, yelling and, like, mm-hmm. hooting and hollering. And it was, like, never done that for any pike I've ever caught. Yeah. I've never done that for any walleye or I've ever caught or any bluegill or crappie or whatever. Never done that. You don't get that same kind of satisfaction to uh, as, as you would putting yeah. a muskie in the boat. So that was a game-changer for me. And I was like, I'm intrigued. Okay. Let's start. Let's buy some more gear so I can get yeah. more into this. And then it escalated into an unhealthy obsession into where, yeah. where I'm at now, where I've got I've got thousands of dollars worth of tackle and spend a yeah. lot of hours on the, on the water yeah. chasing these things every year. But you know, when we we have put some big fish in the boat, and when you got a 45 inch musky in the boat, like that's that is a massive ass fish i don't care what anybody says like i get it's not 50 or whatever but that 45 inch fish is think about a 45 inch pike jesus christ that would be a monster right yep so either way like you put that big of a fish and and it's a trophy thing it really is it's not like i don't want to eat musky you don't want anything to do with it like i want to safely handle them put them in the back of the water safely so that somebody else can catch them again or we can catch them again or whatever but it's like that's that's what got me hooked was the you know being part of it i didn't have to catch it i've you've caught more muskie than me by far and every single time that we put a muskie in the boat like i don't you caught a 30 something inch or it was it wasn't that big out on ovid yeah and and i was like we were high-fiving and like fuck yeah you know we were, like, we were excited you know like it's a damn muskie yeah. and and it, it becomes a challenge at that point where yeah. you're like I'm not going to let this fish beat me. Like, I'm going to win this. Well, that, I'm going to win this damn battle. And it becomes a challenge. And yeah. if, if anything, like, I don't find perch fishing challenging or bluegill fishing or anything like that. Like, anybody can go out there and do it. I mean, it's a thing. But to go out there and to grind and to know that what I'm fishing for. And, and I think we talked about this the other day was – when you get on a lake that you know has musky in it, right? You know that this lake is either stocked or it's naturally reproducing lake or it's a great lake or something like that. And you're going to go out there and you're going to target this particular species. There's a certain level of adrenaline that comes with that. Just launching the boat that morning, just getting on the water. There's a certain level of excitement that I get out of that. Like, all right, today could be the day. Oh yeah, right. that, that Sunday it, when we were, it could be when the we were first fishing, cast, it could we, be the last cast. Me and Jace were pitching tents. <laughs> The whole time. <laughs> yeah. It, I'm just, I, I'm saying that like, that's, that's my draw to it. My draw is it's, it's deep. It's been over a long, a long period of time over years and years and years and developed and I can't shake it. I've wanted to, trust me. I wanted to sell all my musky shit. I'm like, you know what? Your wife wants you to shake it You know it what? Too. I'm going to put all this shit on eBay. I'm going to get rid of it all. I'm going to start bass fishing. I posted, uh, I shared, uh, uh <laughs> the musky shop share, uh, posted the new, uh, uh, sucker, I think it's like the Suic sucker bait. Do you see it? I no. put it on, I think I just put it on Instagram. I, I reshared their post and I tagged him in it. And Nikki sent me like three messages. She's like, Oh, I think stop. Like, no, what are you doing to me or something? I'm gonna like kick that. your ass. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna kick yeah. your ass. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. But that moment was for me the exact same moment when I got into it because when we, when you first started talking about musky fishing, I never, I didn't 
have any interest in it, right? Uh, I was bass, pike, like whatever. Like I was young. I had zero interest in muskie. And then you were getting into it. You were watching Muskie Hunter and some of these shows. And so I think you just talked me into buying. We bought the exact same combo, I think. Yeah. Identical combos from Dick's, like $100 combos. Seven foot six. And we went, I think I had about six lures. Some shit that we went and bought from Cabela's, like, right before our trip, just because we had heard that they were putting Muskie in Winya, like, and I'm like, oh, whatever, I'll go along with it. He wants to get into it. Like, I honestly didn't give a shit about him. And then I caught that fish, and then it was game over for me. Yeah. Like, that's all it took was just catching that one fish, and I'm like, all right, I'm done. Sell the rest of my shit. I'm out. Yeah. What about you, Jason? So, it's funny because our Muskie... It started with my grandpa had. I was gonna say if it started when I caught my muskie with you, like I can't take credit for all your guys' like expenses. I can't put so, that on uh, me, man. It's too much work. Right, right. I can't handle you saw it. When I you saw him when I showed you guys my bait. My grandpa had six or eight old believers, um, and somehow we got those. I don't remember how. It was before he passed away, but anyway, we got our hands on them. And my dad's like, "Oh, look, here's some." musky baits let's go troll lake st Clair, and we have caught a couple of musky in the 30 the like low 30 inch range it was like okay that's kind of cool and never really did much else other than that like we would just kind of one day in the summer we'd go troll for musky and we might get a little one and then I don't have nearly as cool of a story as you guys. Like I bought a bunch of crap and I haven't caught hardly any. You got <laughs> so, as much crap as us. <laughs> yeah, so you've got a good, you, you played off like, Oh, I don't have that much. And you got as much Dude, shit as us. I was looking at your tackle when you came out to St. Clair and I'm like, I need that. And I need that. And I, need that. I literally is, just bought two Bondi baits. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So let's see. We, I think what ended up happening is we started watching john bondy's jigging videos on youtube and it was like okay that sounds like that looks like a rush man if anybody that's that's listening to this has any interest in musky fishing go youtube john bondy jigging the Detroit river and his reaction when he sets those hooks (laughs) like you said like he sets it and then he comes in with his other hand with a follow-up set Right, like yeah. he is gonna like shit his oh, pants man. at the same time. Of Dude, I've, I've watched other dudes do it, not just Bondi, but I've watched yeah. other guys that are jigging, and they damn near fall out of the boat. They're right. setting the hook so damn hard on these fish. And well, I'm like, well, fight, God, fighting man. a fish that's directly below you compared to you know Lateral, 30, 40 yeah. feet out from you is a, it's a completely different experience. Right. So you hook into a 40, 50 inch muskie right below you. I gotta imagine that's a hell. Of, You're setting hell of a ride, up. Yeah, yeah. And and it's like it's pulling straight oh, down, man. so like you have no yeah. choice but to like get the get the, yeah. the edge on that fish. Anyways, Jason, follows. not to interrupt you. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember exactly when that happened, but we started watching those those videos, and I and I showed my dad and my brother, and I was like, okay, I'm not saying I'm the greatest guy on the uh, trolling motor jigging for walleye right on the Detroit River, but I was like, guys. I think we can do this. I think we can buy, like we can jig the river just like he's doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you can kind of, we've laughed about on the Canadian side, you see those piles like in the background of his videos and, and in always and everybody and like, knows. Oh, always. That's, okay. That's I can that, yeah. go do that. You mm-hmm. know? So we bought, I think we only bought like three baits to begin with. Right. Each one of us bought one and 
Jacob and I one day said, we're going to launch. We're going to fish the dumping grounds. We went out there in the southern end of Lake St. Clair. We cast for a bit. We trolled for a bit. And then we had launched from Alter Road. And we said, well, let's go. Let's just go try trolling. Or I'm sorry, try jigging in the river. We didn't have Canadian licenses. And I put on the, the bait that I bought, which is a black Bondi bait. He had a white one. And in our first pass, I was halfway up on my jigging uh, rhythm. And all of a sudden, my rod stopped. And I, I didn't set the hook right, like we joked about mm-hmm. with Bondi. I didn't set the hook like that. I just, like, leaned in, and it felt like I was hooked on a car. <laughs> and just as fast as my rod, like, load, loaded up, it, it came off. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Jake, I just had one on. And he goes, no, you didn't. And I, I wound my bait up, and there were teeth marks on it. And I was like, yeah, look, here's proof, you know. And I had to stand there for a second because my legs were shaking. <laughs> yeah, and you <laughs> and, and you so literally just had a hit. I had a bite. Yeah. yeah, I had a bite, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So honestly, after that happened, we we leading up to that, we had each bought a musky rod, um, a couple of baits, and then it was like, "Okay, the next week we bought some more baits, and then the next week we bought some more baits." Mm-hmm. So we bought like ten Bondi baits. We bought ten of those. Bondi Prophet, uh, like I told you guys about, like his uh, reject mm-hmm. lot of lures. Um, we kind of spent way too much money in a short amount of time. Yeah, then you got to do it over like a, a, a lifespan, <laughs> you know, like yeah. we've been doing this for then, 10 years and I still feel like I've spent way too much money. Yeah, and so then we bought those Stories reels and unfortunately I ended up moving. I ended up moving jobs and this and that and I kind of – Although we had all this tackle, we weren't really using it that much. And then last year, my dad has gone out with a friend of his and a guide, and they've trolled on St. Clair a couple of times and caught some fish. And then last year was when he went and trolled with those guys out in front of the Clinton River Spillway. And he told the guys on the on the boat, his friend and his friend uh, is best friends with the guide. So he's standing there with those guys, and he's like, I know where we're at. I can launch my 18 footer here mm-hmm. on a calm day. He's like, I can do this guys. Mm-hmm. We're like, Oh, ha ha ha. He goes, no, watch. I'm going to go, you know, mm-hmm. two days from now, it's going to be a Sunday. It's going to be calm. I'm going to come out here. And so we had those baits that Jacob and I bought. We set up our boat and in an hour we caught one and it was 46 inches. Yeah. And it was like, how is this possible? You know? Yeah. And he sent, he sent a message to those guys. Like I told you guys I could do this and look, Mm-hmm. And they just laughed. They're like, I can't believe that it actually, and it never goes like that. No, right? never, we, never. It never, and you never, you never make a bold prediction of like a 50 incher, right? Who would do that? Yeah. Who, and, who would, uh, what, what kind of loser would do that? It is bold. So yeah, we, it is we got it is that bold prediction, and, not like half-ass prediction. Right. We get that. Not like I'm going to catch a musky casting, but whatever, go ahead. <laughs> we... <laughs> We get that fish. Obviously, I look at this arsenal of tackle we've compiled and hardly used. And then talking with you guys over the winter, and it was like, this has got to happen. Like, I just yeah. got to go more often. But, yeah, just yeah. a few instances like that. But I remember loading up on that jigging fish, and my oh, legs dude, were shaking. So oh, and then I, I hooked one jigging and actually got it to the surface, and my dad botched the netting job. And, and at oh, that point, it was man. like, okay, it was close enough, you know. Well, he's a terrible outdoorsman, too. Oh, yeah. We haven't yeah. gotten into his stories. So Bob and I were actually talking about it uh, earlier in the week about, like, we're probably just going to break down and get our Canadian fishing license because we plan yeah. on fishing the 100%. river. 100%. We plan yep. on fishing the river a lot. 
Um, and it's not that much. I think it's like a hundred bucks. I'll spend a hundred bucks on other stupid shit, especially in the fall. I think. Yeah. Like in the fall, we yeah. want to hit it pretty hard. And like, I don't want to worry about crossing the line, but even like walleye yep. fishing, like when we go down there walleye fishing, like I'm just going to buy it every year. What's a hundred bucks. Like, his, yeah, there's a lot less traffic. on the Yeah. Brian and, uh, Brian and his buddies that go down there, like they pretty much religiously fish the Canadian side yeah. for walleye because yep. there's yep. generally a lot less people it and it's, year. and, yeah. and that's where the fish are. So yeah. like I'm just gonna break down and do it. So this year, when, when next time you make it down, we're going jigging yep. on the river, Canadian sure. style. All right, yeehaw! All right, so let's let's bring it back to Tequamana <laughs> now that we've Tequamana. gone down that uh, rabbit hole. I'm gonna rename this podcast the Rabbit Hole. So all the right, so Tequamana Musky Hole. Tequ- <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> so we're going to Tequamana in a week. Um, staying at the campground, we're tenting it. I'm not bringing a camper because it's, you know, $75 a gallon. That's a bold prediction in itself. Holy fuck. Yeah, making it up there. Have enough money to make it up there. That's a bold prediction. Although I think I'm going to start using E85 in my truck. Just side note. Let's not do it on that trip, though. Like, No, not on that trip. Yeah, you just I don't test, know, test that on your own I don't time. know what kind of performance that'll be like. But no, I passed a gas station and the E85 was 369 and I've heard that like you get a little bit less gas mileage with the E85, but I'm like I'm gonna fucking drive for 369 yeah. when I'm paying 550. But anyways, so yeah, yeah, we're going up on a Saturday, coming back on Wednesday, so we've got four good full days of of fishing. So um, really, um, kind of foreign foreign water for us. Like we've never been yeah. there, but we've never. I guess we fish. Winya, who ha- that is a river system, but it's a flooded river system, right? Where this is 17 miles of just river, and it's not a fast current, from what I've read. Jason, you have you ever fished it at all? Yeah, I fished it once, actually ice fishing. Um, we bought some really big suckers. We didn't know what we were doing. We were going for pike, but we knew that there were musky in there. Uh, but is yeah, this we when you were going to pike. school up there? I presume. Yeah, yeah. And we caught nothing, which is just a typical day. And uh, that's ice fishing for you. Yeah, exactly. Ice fishing's worse <laughs> than than uh, musky fishing, I think. <laughs> the good thing is we didn't have to drag a shanty through snow. Oh fuck! <laughs> but anyway, no, I don't have any real experience. I have a friend that has fished the Newberry area of the river, um, but other than that, no, nothing really to add. So I'm really interested. In Every, hearing how everything I've go. read on it, at least, is that it's only a couple miles per hour. Where the Detroit River is what, like seven, six or oh, seven. Oh, it's ripping. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, and, and the North Channel is about the same. Like, so it's it's a pretty slow moving current. So, for us to fish seventeen miles, like it's gonna take four days for us to fish seventeen miles. Like, Bob's gonna be on the trolling motor all day. We're probably gonna trade off because he's gonna be fucking sick of <laughs> sitting on the trolling motor. Very likely, yeah. he's gonna get up, uh, take some naps. foot injury, yeah. Eating sandwiches. Make sure you bring some sandwiches. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like we were, we were talking about, like we got to plan for this trip a little bit better because we're planning on like we're going to fish from pretty much sun up to sundown because we might motor up. Uh, you know, maybe one day we might motor up to the falls and then yeah. fish it back. You know, however much spend the day, just letting the current bring us yeah. back, right? So we we might be gone for 10, 12 hours, right? So we got to bring like toilet paper to find a spot to shit on along the river, like dude wipes, dude wipes. Not sponsored, dude wipes. Maybe one day. That's that's um, my idea. Is just to motor up and then work our way down the river throughout the days right. consecutively. Just to, yeah, just, I figure we'll break we'll break down we sections and, of the river yeah, and we'll just break right, we're gonna down. we're gonna drift this today. We're gonna drift this today. 
But we got to bring that. We're going to bring a cooler just for like, not just beer, because we got to like stay sober on this trip, like waters and yeah. Gatorades and healthy foods. We can't live off pretzels and, and beer all week. Yeah. So it's it's a this different way, level. Yeah. It's a different level of, of planning that we have ever been used to because it's not like when you know, I, I I bring a cooler of beer on the boat. I might bring a couple waters if I remember, and then a bag of pretzel rods. Like that's that's it. That's that's my fishing outing. This is this is a whole different world. Yeah, I, I don't think that we're completely like. I I think we're pretty well versed in the river fishing type scenario. I don't know that that, that type in. of river fishing though. Like we fish a little bit in Winya, but I think that long of nothing but that. I don't know. I we'll see. We've done it. Yeah, I'm excited to do it, but I just think it's going to be. Um, yeah, I think it's gonna be a blast. I think the scenery alone, like I might not. I, the water, I, the water clarity is gonna be. It's it's turbid. It's or tannic. It's you know a little bit darker in stained waters. So, but relatively clear too, from yeah. what I've seen. Like, it's not chocolate milk or anything like that that I know of. But that end of the so river's like got. That, it's like that stained water. It's not muddy, yeah. but it's stained. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like. How windy it is, like, honestly, like, when you're up in that river, like, it's that one section of the river past the, the airport. Like, it's dirty, like, it's brown water, but you can still see down five, six feet of water. That's what I believe it is. But I, I, there's some pretty deep holes in this section of the river. Now, you're, you, Jason, you said your buddy's fish. Has he fished this side of the river or just over by Newberry, the shallower side? So, so he has fished Newberry, but he said he was explaining some different areas to me, and he said that there's some serious deep holes even up yeah. there yeah like i'm talking in the 40 50 plus range right yeah, yeah. that's what i looked at because navionics has it well pretty detailed mapping on on that river system um so i was looking at it a couple weeks ago just like analyzing the entire river and there's some really good like pretty quick bends in the river where there's some deep holes and I'm like, ah, it looks like I'm starting to like, all right, this is going to be a spot yeah. we're going to hit for musky. This is going to be a spot we're going to hit. Like, um, we're, I'm so used to fishing the shallow shit though. Shallow and shore busting. We're like, you got to think about you it different when you're fishing a river. miles to shore bust. Right. 17 <laughs> miles of shore busting. But then you got to look at those points, those eddies where the, where there's a curve. Yeah. I don't know how many eddies you're going to have in a river like this. That's so, so slow, but when you got like deep, deep pockets and stuff. And I think that's going to be, um, I think, I, I think know. we have everything, just about everything covered as far as like baits are concerned. Um, as that's far as sure. in, in covering <laughs> the water column within the river, like I think we've got some, we, we just recently, I've, I'm not a deep water guy. I'm in the, I'm that top six feet of the water column yeah. is my, that's my safe. That's <laughs> my, my safe space. All right, my happy space. That's my happy place. But other than that, I'm I'm very uh, not good, you know, when it goes below that. But so I've I bought some deeper diving stuff, uh, some crankbaits and things like that. That I'm we can excited try to, to use target. that twenty two short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we bought some twenty two shorts. We bought some uh, some slammers and some different things to get us down a little bit. And uh, so I I think that it's going to be mixing up, you know, between top water between you know blades and maybe even some rubber stuff um just trying to get, see what trying they to, want to hit right i'm bringing my rubber stuff because we get into some of those deep holes they might be holding musky i'm gonna throw i'm gonna bring my medusas my bulldogs because well, i'll I, be yeah, chucking I, them in there letting them sink and i'm bringing everything from my st Clair yeah. shit to my 
to my winya type stuff. So yeah. I'm bringing everything that I own when it comes to musky fishing, and I'm, we're gonna we're gonna throw it yeah. all. Gen- generally, this river holds, from what I've read, a high density of fish, but they're all generally pretty stunted in growth. Like they're, I think the average size is like mid 30s. Like it's rare to catch one in the high 40s range, but it's possible. There have been some like 50 inch fish caught, but I think it's you're more likely to catch some, you know, 30 to potentially 40 inch fish which i'm cool with i'm i'm musky's a musky right like i think i'm more excited for like the serenity of it. exactly just, the, just motoring up 17 miles from fucking nowhere i, I hope i have no and, cell signal and there. being in the middle of nowhere <laughs> just, sorry tiktok you, sorry tiktok you ain't getting any posts probably for five days yeah it'll just, just be ryan bob and the bugs yeah Lots i'm gonna get bugs. i'm gonna make sure the gopro is running uh heavily that week though so yeah yeah that's gonna be um that's gonna be a fun trip though so um i imagine we'll probably maybe even troll a little bit too like if we because i told bob like we're fishing for 12 we're fishing if we if we do fish as much as we plan on fishing where it's 12 hours a day we can't cast musky lures 12 hours a day for three days straight like we'll die so i imagine there's gonna be times we're gonna be like you know what Let's throw on let's throw on a couple like bucktails or crankbaits. Yeah. Let's just let's just troll for a little bit. Let's take a break. You know. Well, I think you could. I mean, when we were talking, when we were out there, let's say you troll three miles or four miles an hour, and it's the middle of the day. You could cover. You could troll for a couple of miles, or I'm sorry, a couple of hours, and cover six, nine, ten. You could cover twelve miles of river trolling four miles an hour for the middle three hours of the day and as you're going along you're searching right you're watching your electronics oh there's a hole drop a waypoint go along there's a hole drop a waypoint and you can check all of those river bends fairly quickly while still fishing and then mark some spots to come back and hit so i think that eventually over those four days i think between casting motoring and trolling you guys will cover that entire stretch and and pick the spots out to try yeah i think that um I think that's going to be a good tactic too, because there's probably a lot of structure in that river. I imagine there's yeah. some 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 logs laying in there, and there's, yeah. like you said, some some good holes that, you know, are going to hold fish, so we can mark them and go back to them. Like so, we've got right. four pretty much four full days to to hit this hard. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I think current's a thing too. Like so, like main stretches of the river might. But we can still target them, you know, like yeah. the, just just a big flat open stretch of the river might be okay to target anyway. But I think it's really going to be in those bends and those points and things like that coming yeah. out from the river that we really should focus on hard. Yeah. And in some of the wider stuff in the river that's out kind of towards the mouth, like I really want to hit that stuff. And maybe, and, and that might be, that's something that we're probably going to have to adjust to because when you have that perfect condition, you want to be hitting your perfect spots. You yeah. know what I'm saying? When you have like really good, and I'm not talking like bluebird days, like you, like bluebird high sky days are, are, are not great for musky fishing. Like your overcast days, a little bit of wind, like that's with the thing the right we, with the right pressures and things like that. Like that's where we're going to be wanting hitting. Yeah. We're going to want to hit some of those more likely areas that we think we're going to be able to, or where we're marking fish or where, you know, we think the fish might be. I think that's probably a better bet, but there's a lot of stuff that's going to go, a lot of thought that's going to go into it every day. So we, we could have four days of bluebird or we could have four days of rain storms. And, but you know what? I'm, br- I'm bringing the gear. Still going to go fishing. I'm bringing the gear when we're going that far. 
Yeah. At six dollars a gallon, you bet your ass we're gonna be on the water. As long as it's not lightning, that eh, might be. You're high as hell if you say if you think I'm gonna sit in a tent with you all day. Exactly. I'd rather sit with you, <laughs> sit on the boat with you all day. The one thing I'm not excited about is the bugs. I've heard the bugs are gnarly up there. Yeah, I think that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a factor. Like some, some, there's always even the bugs out on Saint Clair were a pain in the ass. Like I don't know, I think yeah. there were some mayflies and well, stuff. Well, yeah, like as long as there's a breeze, though. But like, yeah, it's, at Saint Clair, at one point there was like no breeze, and it was like the gnats and shit were. Yeah. Oh my god! Which yeah. I, I hear the mayflies are about to hatch. So and, and I and I think sweet. And I think in the, like river systems and like that, when you get up tight and some of the when the narrow when that river starts to narrow a little bit, like you're gonna lose a lot of that wind. Unless it's coming, unless you got a good like north south stretch where you're getting like some good wind coming down the river or something like that. Like, I, otherwise, I, it's going to be stagnant. Yeah, I thought about buying hot. some of those. Uh, yeah, uh, those pants that you were, that you wear like the the zip off pants. Yeah, the, long, the, best, the, the pants that turn it into makes fun turn into shorts. Yeah, I make fun of you for them, but they're 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 actually pretty legit. But I'm, even like just wearing like long sleeve shirts just to keep either bugs off you, keep the sun off you, because like. I said, it's four days of like. I bought these pants fishing, when but... I was climbing on Mount Rainier, <laughs> because for in, on Mount Rainier you can go from snow blizzard to eighty degrees. It, like and you want to unzip it, your shorts? <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to take the legs off your damn pants. So they're they're absolutely amazing, and yeah, uh, so... I wear them fishing all the time because you never yeah. know. Like you might go out in the morning and it's fifty degrees and it's ninety by the afternoon. And you're like, oh shit, it's too damn hot <laughs> to be wearing pants, but. Jason, what did your buddy say about the river when you talked to him? Um, let me look back he, here. He said to he my gave you some, quick. some deets. Our yeah, buddy, so our like buddy Mark said, said he um, he knew he he was fishing last weekend in the Muskegon River, and he um, they actually tur- tied into some muskie on the Muskegon River. Oh, nice! Um, apparently, and actually, I did see some stocking records of uh, Muskegon River. But yeah, they actually they didn't put one in the boat, but they hooked a couple, had some follows and stuff like that. But one of the guys he was fishing with has fished Aquaman quite a bit, and he swore by like deep diving crankbaits, and that oh, and he's okay. fished that section of the river. He said, "Get some deep diving crankbaits." That's that's why I ordered those twenty two shorts because I'm like, perfect. They dive down like ten to fifteen feet. Like I can yeah. see just like hitting that shore. But what your what did your buddy say? So like I said, he told me that he has launched in Newberry, and then from Newberry. You can and um, maybe it would be worth inquiring a bit further because when they go, I know that him and his dad were fishing in a 16 or 17 foot. I mean, this was a fishing boat, you know, mm-hmm. similar like it might have been a smoker craft or something, right? Yeah. It wasn't like a, a little rowboat deal. So they had fished in Newbury, launched and went downstream. There's a place called the Sage River, is a like a tributary to the Tuquamanon that comes in mm-hmm. on the south side. That was a location that he mentioned. Um, he said they like to fish a lot of bucktails, glide baits, cranks. And then he said they would target uh, anything that had good lily pad cover. And he had gone um, a little bit later in summer in July. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of weeds you end up encountering up there because of how we, you know, we saw very little on St. Clair. So it'll be interesting to see what you run into up there. Um, well, especially with the ice out being so crazy up there. Oh my I mean, gosh, yeah. we, we talked about it in one of our first podcasts that, like, they still had ice in the UP. Now, granted, the, the, the river probably didn't. But I'm yeah. wondering, like, yeah, what are we going to get into in June? Like, I don't know. I, right. Never done it before. This is going to be a true adventure, um, which if we do this again, you're coming, just so you know. 
Okay. You're booked. Whether well, I mean, whether you want to or not, you're going. So. <laughs> and you know what's funny? You know, we haven't had my brother on here to talk about it, but again, him and I have been throwing some coin at Muskie Tackle, and I know that he would be down for this type of uh, adventure. Yeah. And he's got a, a truck camper, so he's we wouldn't perfect. even have to tent it. <laughs> perfect. We'll all stay in the truck camper. <laughs> yeah, nuts, yeah, that'll work. Nuts to butts. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, so, yeah, like you said, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm kind of jealous. I should try to do some of my own fishing down here, eh? Yeah. Shoot up there for the weekend. Oh, yeah, right. And the brown bomber at 13 miles to the <laughs> that's gallon. That's fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm <still> <laughs> that's, that's fair. So, so, so yeah, that's going to be a fun. We'll have lots of content from that, um, and I'm sure uh, – yeah, so we're, we'll do a podcast a week after that and kind of recap what happened. Um, I'm looking, I'm super looking forward to it. So, so let's get into just regular, uh, I guess, Michigan musky fishing. Yes, let's do that. Yes, <laughs> yes, let's do that. <laughs> Snort. Yes, yes. <laughs> there like, you go, Jason. Like, like there you go. Or it's, uh, I had the wrong. I had the wrong motion. Sorry. Hold on, hold on. Let, let me get the Jimmy motion. <laughs> this is the Jimmy motion. <laughs> He knows exactly what we're doing at this moment, and he's laughing his ass off right now. As we get Jimmy for not being here, son of a yeah, bee. Thanks, thanks, Jimmy, for not showing up. I'm not even on right now. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Jimmy, for not showing up. We invited you, but you decided not to show up, yeah. so yeah, that's cool. He's not a true terrible outdoorsman. He's just a mascot. That. So the humble, humble bumble. So the humble bumble, humble bumble. Oh, man. Uh, so musky fishing. So Michigan is, I guess, not necessarily known as a a great musky fishery outside of St. Clair. St. Clair is known as one of the best, you know, musky lakes out there. I think it, I've seen it ranked like second or third. I've seen, it, I've seen it ranked number two behind Lake of the Woods. Yeah, but as far so as there's density a, of fish. There's a lot of lakes fish that have musky in them, whether it be natural reproduction or stocked from the DNR. The DNR seems to they've with partnership from the MMA, the Michigan Muskie Alliance, and, and some other chapters of like uh, Muskie's Inc. that help with the stocking efforts. But um, to go down the list, the list would be, I don't even know, maybe Jason can look this up, how many we have. But there's, there's of how many lakes have Muskie's like That's So, Jason, maybe this is some something. feedback for you to your, your cronies at, at, at your place of employment. You know, so I always hear that Wisconsin has like a book dedicated to just muskies. And it literally tells you every water that has muskies in it. Why don't we? That's what they talk about it. But but Michigan doesn't have anything. They have, I've Googled it and I've looked up and they have like some shit from like 1994 of saying like lakes that have muskie in it. But it's not. Tiger muskies. Yeah, it's not at all updated. But maybe if we could get like a, a book or a maybe even a link to go to that literally breaks down every lake that has muskie in it. That'd be cool. But so, but some of the more popular lakes, so down, I guess in Southern Michigan, you've got Lake St. Clair, obviously being the big one. The Detroit river holds muskie, um, Lake Ovid. We've talked to, which is up in Lansing, uh, Thornapple Lake, which we talked about. We went to a couple weeks ago. That's out, uh, by battle Creek. It's kind of Southwest, Fuck, it was like 45 minutes past Lansing. Now turned into a broodstock lake. So. Yep, Brood, which broodstock means what? Means that they they take the females that, uh, you know, when the females that wind up, um, that go into the spawn and they 
Yeah, well, I guess this is a better, <laughs> better question for yeah. Jason because that's his kind of what he does, fisheries. Explain well, brood stuff. But basically what? they take the eggs from the females and they transplant them to a hatchery in order to grow them into a fry to stock in other lakes. Am I correct? Yeah, you're exactly right, Bob. Okay. Brood, brood stock, that's what it means. It's the adult fish that they use for the hatchery production. Yeah, so that so they do that um, at Thor, Thorn Apple Lake, Huts, Lake Hudson. Um, and, I, and Detroit River, right? You weren't you just saying that they were doing some or some Saint netting Clair. on Detroit River? Yep. But they don't. They, they don't do St. Clair. They do the Detroit River specifically, right? They, they do. Yeah, they do select the Detroit River specifically. Um, I don't know why exactly. I don't know what the reasoning behind it was. Maybe it's just well, one of the podcasts I listened to. One of the podcasts I listened to said something about specifically the Detroit River is great habitat for musky spawning. I don't know. I, I guess I don't know the structure of Detroit River well enough to know why the that two is. Areas, yeah, the two areas that they target, I have not been down and, and assisted with that. We had a couple of guys in our office that helped out. But the two primary locations that they sample for those fish are near Belle Isle and then down at the southern end of the river, Grozeal. Okay. They just said, like, the shallow flats around there uh, are apparently really good musky habitat. A lot of spawning goes on in there. Um so yeah, that's where they target them. Okay. Um, and then the other two that really are popular in the, the southern part of the state would be Lake Diane, which is really closer to Indiana, to way down there. Um, we've never been there. We've like talked about it near like Wetaway County or no? It's it's. Um, Hillsdale. I, I think it's no. It's like literally on the on the it's, Indiana yeah, border. I think. I think. I've seen it. And then actually, one that I, I forgot about was Belleville Lake. And I, my old boss, Lake Diane I, is uh, Lake Diane is Hillsdale County. Okay. Hillsdale County, okay. Boom. Yeah. So it's, I guess that's probably not that far from Lake Hudson, but I know we've mapped it's, it out before. It's and it, still it, out there. For it us, was like yeah. an hour and forty-five minute drive. So, um, and then Belleville Lake was another one I saw that um, they've been stocking actually in the last ten years. I think they've stocked it five or six times. So that but would be the closest to us. For, for like, sure. For and we sure. should probably think about exploring that because my, my old boss at Cabela's used to fish it a lot because um, he lived in the Milan area. So that was one of his lakes. And he said he used to catch tiger muskie out there a lot. And I couldn't find any stocking records of tiger muskie on that lake, meaning they would have to have been normal or natural yeah, tiger like muskie. But this was this was years ago. That um, that he was, I say years ago, but it might have been 15 years ago that he, he caught them. So a, ti- a tiger muskie is a natural hybrid between a non-producing, reproducing hybrid between a northern pike and a natural uh, strained yeah. muskie. Correct, Jason? You got to fact check yeah, me because I, I can spot some yep. shit off. So Is it a male muskie with a female pike or vice versa or uh, does it doesn't matter? F- it's a female um, I guess what I've learned is that it's a female muskie and a male pike, and it can occur because, as we know with other fish species, males will show up to the spawning grounds first and stay the longest. So you have some male northerns that are sticking around, and they probably encounter some of the initial female muskie that come up. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, it's a, essentially a sterile hybrid. That's right. So they can't reproduce another hybrid musky yeah. right but they they have some really cool natural markings to them like tiger stripes basically mm-hmm. is what they look like 
And um, I think it'd be badass. And, and, and that's going to be a bold prediction in years to come. I'm going to catch a Titan oh, muskie. They're, they're kind of that be that, that, That's a really good that's one like, because those are like unicorns. Yeah, off antler inches. Oh yeah. <laughs> How many times do I have to eat that one on this podcast? My God. Oh, that's okay. I'm setting this up, Bob, so you can shove it down my throat when you stick one. <laughs> yeah, when he sticks one, that's 151. He's like, yeah, I'm going to hit. A, shut I'm the gonna fuck up. I'm going to shoot 151 this year, and I'm going to catch a 52 inch muskie, and you're going to. I'm going to be like. Suck it, Jason, on every <laughs> podcast after that. But no, like, but, but tiger muskie is kind of the holy grail of uh, of muskie fishing. It's kind yeah. of like, you know, guys, you might fish a whole career and never, ever encounter a tiger muskie, but when they do. St. Clair, I hear, has a decent. They have a good um, population. A, a decent yeah. amount, but they don't reproduce. For whatever biological reasons, they don't reproduce. Um, which sucks is they used to stock for... a lot of lakes back in, what, the 80s and 90s with um, – Tiger muskie, but they they stocked them really just I'm assuming for sport fish because they don't reproduce. So uh, I'm thinking it was more panfish, uh, like a check on the uh, yeah panfish control and stuff like that, like trying to reduce numbers of bluegills and you know. What were you seeing, Jason? I want to just I want to rewind just about thirty seconds. (laughs) Bob said Bob said that he's going to shoot a hundred and fifty. He's still on this inch muskie, and no, 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 and then then Bob goes, and I'm going to catch it, and I'm going to tell Jason, and you can suck it. And I got ready to say something, and all that came out was, "I will gladly." No, I want to say. No, I want to say my. My statement was going. No, to no, be, no. We're, no we're, we're leaving it at that. I'm editing everything else out. Oh man! My Another bold prediction to, there. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I will gladly eat crow. It's a terrible. Oh, you'll be eating something apparently. It's a terrible outdoorsman. <laughs> Wow, on that note. Um, I had to make that distinction because I was feeling very awkward. He's just, he just sitting there she like, got weird. guys, let me get a word out. Guys, let me get a word Come on, come on. I need come one on, more on. word come to on, get out. I got to backtrack that. Come on. Let me call that back. Uh, All right. I can't, I can't That's how I felt when I made that production. Let's, that, let's that reel production, it in. Let's yeah. reel it in. Um, all right, so as far as the southern Michigan system, there's really not many lakes for us to fish down here. When you think about it, there's nothing close to us besides Belleville, which we've never explored nothing, at all. Nothing close, close. I mean, For we're, we're an specifically hour. an yeah, minimum an hour. an hour, and that's St. Clair is the closest. We're lake. we're an hour and some change from St. Well, Clair. Ovid's about but an hour. I've I've watched <clears throat> I watched videos. Uh, you know, today's angler the the guy drove seven and a half hours to get to St. Clair. You know what I'm saying? Just to, yeah. just to fish it for a weekend, and it's literally an hour from us. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, right. we definitely don't take advantage of yeah. that fishery as much as we should, but yeah. that's our plan this year. I should have made that my bold prediction was that I'm going to fish St. Clair more than, like, five times this yeah. year. And, so getting into the systems of those, um, really, all of those lakes. So in Michigan, all, Muskie is open all year long for catch and release. Um. But as far as possession, which most muskie fishermen are not going to even think about catching a muskie, I'm not going to lie. If, if if I follow or not follow Pokemon, but like if one gets gill fucked and and I and that thing's dead, I'm going to keep it. It's not going to be turtle bait. I'm going to keep it. If it's legal, I'm going to keep it and I'm going to flay it up. Right? What on a muskie? If it's like gill fucked and like it's going to die. If it's right? going it, like, like it swallowed a hook and, a, and I can't, even with my, my hook cutters, like for whatever reason, like I'm not like too above the world to, to, to keep a muskie if I had to, right? 
You know, it, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's better than it being turtle bait in my eyes. Yeah. If it's a legal musky. If it's a legal, if it's but, a legal fish and, and it's dead. But most like guys that target musky, it's catch and release because that's just kind of the norm because it takes so long for that musky to get so big. You don't keep them anyways. They don't so naturally you, reproduce that well, no. obviously. So when you, think, when you think about, legs. like, possession season, it's like who the gives shit about a possession season, right? But am I on or did you like turn on? Me, did you turn me down or something? Like I, I feel no. like I can barely hear myself. I don't think so. Talk louder. Hey everybody! <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's me, Bob. I think it's uh, speaking of musky possession. I think it's worth mentioning that unlike walleye, pike, panfish, bass, any other species other than I guess sturgeon, musky you get one per year. Right. Not one per day, one per year, and it's mandatory reporting that you harvested that fish. Yep. Yeah. So. And they actually, you well, you had uh, texted me about that survey. I got an email yeah. from the DNR that they want a survey for every musky outing. You don't have to. It's an optional survey, obviously, but they want a survey on your outing to know how you did. Um, it's super easy. It, it didn't take me that long, especially, especially when we, we don't catch any. Especially when we didn't catch or see any. Um, yeah, it didn't take me long to fill out that survey. But so yeah, the, um, the possession season for Lake St. Clair, Detroit River, um, that whole and, and St. Clair River, I believe you said right. Yep, is the first Saturday in June, and that's seen as like the opening day, like opening day of deer season. I guess like that's. Known muskie guys and the guides and stuff, they don't even target them until then, be, mainly because they want to protect the spawn. That's what it's all about. It's not, you know, any other thing other than that, because generally May is that spawning period for Lake St. Clair. Um, so, and the rest of the uh, the rest of the state is the last Saturday in April when Northern Pike opens, Walleye opens, all, as far as possession. But you can literally target muskie all year long, catching it, catch and release anywhere. So there's well there's um, some there's some very uh, musky fishermen in some musky circles can be very finicky when it comes to season dates, targeting dates, and things like that. Um, obviously, you know, like the, the kind of the big thing is protecting the spawn, like Ryan was saying, uh, not really trying to target them during the the spawning season, which is they spawn a little bit later after pike. Uh, so pike will spawn directly after ice out, and then shortly after that, throughout the month of May and into the beginning of June, you'll have the musky spawn. And then you have a kind of a brief period until the water temperatures come up. And then there's a lot of musky fishermen out there that will punch you in the face if they see <laughs> you targeting musky if that water temperature is over 77 degrees, 78 degrees. And you're targeting musky, they, yeah. they will fight you in a bar because you were out there trying to target musky when the water temperature is a little bit too high. And well, then, I think it's just they're passionate about it. I think that's every, just... every yeah, and, and, and I get it. I get it. They're trying to protect the fishery in every way that they can. They're trying to protect the species so that they can reproduce that fishing experience year after year. And and and, and I agree to an extent. Um, I think that there's some dudes they get a little bit carried away with it and i've talked about this on another podcast i get i get fired up man i get fired up <laughs> about you know you can't target them in the spawn you can't target them over 77 degrees and you can't target them here and you can't target them there and you can't what the hell are we even fishing for these fish for then if they are such a protected species then we shouldn't even be targeting them them at all we shouldn't be fishing for them I 
if it, since if it, I, uh, you know what I'm saying? Since I have my rule book in front of me, like always, because <laughs> I'm a nerd. Glasses, um, rule book, like you're, you're just straight nerding out right now. Um, in your glory, I, you got your yeah, you got your Pike and your Musky dates confused. So I just want to square it away. So all of the water. Are you fact checking me, Facebook? I was not. <laughs> oh, I don't want to come, I don't want this to come across as fact checking. I want no. Get it right because I don't want to be wrong to our listener. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I don't Jimmy, this right. is for you. <laughs> so, all the waters, Great Lakes, inland waters, the rivers you discussed, St. Clair, the possession season on all of those starts first Saturday in June, possession season. Um, Lake St. Clair, St. Clair River, and the Detroit River, the possession season ends December 31st. The Great Lakes, inland waters, and the St. Mary's River, the possession season ends the following March 15th, so it's a little bit longer. Um, but everything for possession opens the first Saturday in June. You had mentioned the last Saturday in April. That's that Northern Pike bug you got sneaking in. Well, I so Northern Pike doesn't, for possession, isn't open on Inland Lakes the last Saturday in April? Northern Pike opens for possession. No, I'm talking Muskie. Uh, Musky Musky opens for possession on inland waters the first first Saturday in June. Well, that is new because it was never like that. It was always Pike and Musky were lumped together. Oh, okay. So that's good that you you caught that. So. I think possession seasons for muskie has always been that first week. That's why St. Clair has always been that first. St. Clair it always has, but not for inland, not for inland lakes. And I can look back. I can look back on old regs, and we can track. It down doesn't really like, matter as long as we know what cur- what's current. <laughs> so know, yeah, we're uh, we're gonna operate on regs for twenty two. We, we we don't keep them anyway, so it don't it, it honestly yeah. doesn't matter. But uh, it's I'm good to right. know for our listener. I'm listener. I'm not. <laughs> you got it. I'm never gonna keep. I'm never gonna keep a musky. Like I, I just like don't. Said, I just the only time I would is in case it. I felt like it's not gonna make it. It's gonna die. It's belly up. Then I. That's the only time because I don't want the fish to go to waste. Most just, most taxidermists don't even do skin mounts anymore. Anyway, they're yeah. mostly replicas. So like all you gotta do is yeah. measure the girth, measure the length, and take a picture of it. Send that to a taxidermist, and they will do a replica for you, and it looks yeah. just like the fish you caught. So so in order to keep a muskie you have to actually catch one well that's fair well then we won't even get into that though because there's so many different regulations on size like we'll just say if you're going to target muskie get a rule book and study it because i mean there there are some lakes there is a page of of different regu an entire page dedicated to just the different regulations on different lakes and I think I think honestly, every lake is probably listed in there that holds musky. Some lakes are forty six inches, some are fifty inches, some are forty two. Know your waters, folks. Know your waters. So, all right. So that's the the southern systems. The northern systems. There's I guess there's a lot more. This is obviously they're up north. So, um, in the northern Michigan spectrums, and these are just some more, some of the more popular lakes. There's a lot more that I'm not going to mention, but obviously Lake Winya that we we target. Lake Margreeth over by Grayling. Um, then you've got the Torch Lake. Um, oh. it, I guess it's the Elk River it's chain, right? Elk Tor- River Torch chain, Lake, yeah. Bel Air, Skigamog. Torch, Torch has the, the the record uh, northern strain, and then I think it was Bel Air caught the record oh, okay. Great Lake strain. So, vice versa. What, yeah, but vice yeah. versa. So both records have actually are actually from um, – and those are world records. 
They're not. Those aren't state records, I believe, right? Uh, I don't know about world records. I think they're world records. I, I remember. I remember. I remember that it was that, national that, news. That dude that that one, the, the the one caught on torch. Like there was so much controversy over that fish. Oh, like yeah. so many people said that was fake and all these other things. It like, looks fake though. It lo- at- it kind of looks fake. It's so massive. Its yeah. eyes are so big and bulging. Like you're like, what the fuck is up with that yeah. fish? Like, but it, it's 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 a real thing. Yeah. But um, and I remember reading something about that story where that guy he worked at a marina. And he would drive every day to work. He would drive on a boat to go across Mm -hmm. George Lake, and he would troll. So he would just throw two lines out, and then he would troll across torch lake on his way to work every single day and he eventually he hung up with that's that a lot massive, better drive than 275 oh my god you. man i was like i was like reading this and i'm like this guy's living my dream yeah. so but that that chain's obviously a hell of a chain if it's if it's produced two if not state records i'm pretty sure they're they're world records but I'm either way look it up right now. they're 50 plus pound fish one was i think almost 60 pounds um, and then you got Hammond Lake, which is actually over by Muskegon, which has been stocked a lot. I didn't realize how many or how many stocking um, reports they have on on Hammond Lake, which is I fished that before. It's a really nice lake. When did you fish it? Back in the day with Dad, we went out there with Bert a couple times. Actually, we oh, fished shit. it. It's a big lake, big body of water. Um, Otsego Lake, which I fished it last year uh, for sturgeon more Beautiful than anything. Otsego's awesome. Park awesome the state lake. park there was phenomenal. The town's cool. Um, really nice lake, um, but I, I never targeted mussy there because my wife was with me, and she's like, we're fishing for sturgeon. They had, yeah, they, they have sturgeon naturally <laughs> in that lake. So. Uh, Muskegon River, which are, I mentioned our, our buddy Mark had fished uh, last weekend, and they actually tied into quite a few fish. But the whole Muskegon River, uh, that whole waterway has them. Black Lake. I've seen some dandies come out of Black Lake. Yeah, man. some 50 so we, inch fish um, come out of the last Black couple of years when we went up for sturgeon uh, spearing in the in the winter time in February, um, not last year, but the year before and the year before that, there were each year there was somebody that was back at the launch with a muskie they had stirred or they had speared. It's allowed on that lake, um, and both of those fish were over fifty inches massive yeah. had them laying in the back of like a like a mule uh side by side massive i've got a picture of denise actually holding one it's i mean like i'm like yeah i'm yeah, like but so you're kind of you're kind of sad face at the same time you're like oh, yeah uh, I, I i guess uh, I, I don't i don't get as upset about it as as uh, like if somebody wants to keep a fish that's that's your right you, you can keep one a year right. you, you do you like i don't i don't care so, like that's just, just that's me. Up, We're not getting in that th- just, that topic, but okay, go ahead. I just looked up uh, world record musky, and I have to say that it's a podcast. There's like this whole controversy behind it. Who you know, it's a long story. So to keep a long story short, I don't think the Torch Lake or the what's it called Bel Air. Bel Air, yeah. Was Bel Air? I think it was Bel Air. Was it Skigamog? No, it was Bel Air. There were there were smallmouth fishing, and, and the guy yeah. caught it on smallmouth so, or like a normal bass it, rod. It doesn't seem like those are world record, from what I can tell. But after this document that I just read, it's worth looking into this because there's like the title of it says, "Who caught the world's largest muskie?" Even the experts don't agree. And Muskie Alliance like hired an investigator to 
figure out some of the rumors. It's crazy. It's it's crazy. Why why can't <laughs> there just be like some standard thing like measure the length? I think it's measure, because... like weigh weigh the damn fish and well, say well that's right, the thing with the with fish? both of those fish. They kept both of those fish, so it's not like they took pictures and girth measurements and they were trying to like. You know, was it a certified scale and blah, blah, blah. They, they kept the fish. They had the fish t- to weigh and to measure to know whether it's a world record or not, you know? So this is because of this is because of old records that people have grown skeptical of. And I encountered this overhearing some conversations in Wisconsin about some of the state records in Wisconsin that people are like, this does this just doesn't add up. Like the fish in the picture that is supposedly the state record walleye, the size and length of that alleged fish doesn't match with the photograph. And so there's always going to be controversy, controversy right? When there's well in today's world with social media, there's going to be controversy with fucking everything. Oh my god, that kid caught that one on the Detroit River and and said it was it had a 28 inch girth. 28 inch girth like 51 inches or something like that and and i guess he didn't know the weight but they guesstimated it to be you know based on some different calculators that it would be i don't know how however many pounds Mm -hmm. and like dude the comments i i go to those that shit just to see the comments sometimes because they're like it's a war mouth (laughs) (laughs) they're like they're like no that's that's only 28 pounds like like there's no way that that fish is 28 pounds that fucking thing was mammoth dude well the trolls of the world they'd be like oh my god that's that's not a 27 inch girth that's 26 and a half yeah 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 it was it was which factors in the weight to be completely different it's 42 pounds instead of 43 and a half yeah (laughs) yeah, they 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 trolled the shit out of this kid's fish man but it was a trophy in anybody's book but yeah i i see what you're saying jason with like especially with past historical stuff like how accurate can some of that stuff be because you know what what were they weighing it on what were they measuring it with you know stuff like that like nowadays it's pretty standard you know most people are bump boarding or they're like they're getting and if you're you caught a I think it's like I, I think what is the record on St. Clair? It's like fifty five. No fifty six. It's a one that Spencer Berman's buddy caught. It was fifty like fifty nine inches. Oh, fifty nine really? and three quarters or something like that. You imagine uh, it, it a was sixty it's, inch fit five foot fish. Yeah, it's it, it's it's something Lord. like that. And um, you know, but there was a lot of controversy around that and it's like, look, yeah. dude, like we have modern ways to measure shit. We have modern ways to weigh fish. Just, like just, re- should, just recognize, you know, and they the put these fish, fish back. Here. That's the problem is that they put the fish back because they're still conservationists at the end. Right. So then like at the end of the day, who, then, get, who gives a shit? That guy who's got the memory of catching the fish. Like, yeah. I, I'm sure that guy gives two shits about whether he caught right. the biggest fish on St. It's like the Ron, it's like whatever. the Ron Pola buck, which we'll get into that. Did oh, you, turn, we'll make a, oh, you turned me down again. Oh my God. I did not. You know, what? you want to hear a nerd story I about the Ron Pola buck? I'm going to turn, I'm going to turn. You Are down. we going to get, no, we're not going to go hunting. Go, do quick. Okay. Nerd <laughs> story. Second grade. You met Ron Pola buck. Mitch no, Rompola was a psycho. <laughs> um, we had each week you had like an assignment. You had to bring in a newspaper article. God, and I was nerd. in second grade and I brought in the woods and water cover with oh, the Rompola buck on it. And my teacher was anti-hunting vegan. Oh, my God. <laughs> you got a fucking F. Oh, my God. 
F for fucking. I think that'd be a good podcast to talk about to bring up the Ron Polo book and the whole controversy around that. I like that. I can't Any, wait. I can't wait for hunting. I I was thinking about it the other day. Like, there's so many stories we have, and like I'm already like kind of getting geared up for hunting. Right? Like I, I'm already thinking about it. But I, I, the itch. We, we got to reel it into muskie though. Like we got to wrap it up. So <laughs> going back to Northern Michigan systems, uh, Black Lake. That that's supposed to have a really nice population. That whole Really, those three lakes, those big three lakes up there, Black Lake, um, uh, Black Lake, Burt Lake, and Mullet Lake, all are connected, so they really all hold some population of muskie. I think Black Lake is known as the better uh, muskie fishery from what I've, I've known. And then, um, you know, I would say the Sanford Lake, um, but there's no more Sanford Lake, is there, Jason? Right. So. <laughs> Sorry for everybody who lives up there that experienced that, but... Yeah, that was really, from what I have heard, that system, Sanford and Wixon, was really turning into a, a nice musky fishery. And um, then the dams did not operate like they're supposed to. Yeah, so if you, if you don't and know so, what we're talking about, that's I'm sure you heard about it in the news when the dams blew out and the levees broke or whatever up in, um, uh, I guess, what town was that? So Midland is it, Midland is a ways south, but Sanford was the town that got. Like, oh, Sanford's actual town, them. yeah. Yeah, and the dams yeah, blew. Four, four lakes up there um, that all had a musky stocking program, and they were really gaining some traction, and unfortunately took a few steps backwards. Yeah, but, but so I guess we'd say the Titabawasi River chain now now holds all those musky, right? Yeah, um, they're there. And then getting into the UP, there actually are a decent amount of, of lakes up there. I just I couldn't find a ton, but there's obviously Tequamina River is the, probably the most popular. Um, um, Little Bay to Knock and early Big Bay to Knock, both of those um, have been stocked. Um, there's also, um, I don't remember the name of the river. Uh, what's the river that goes into Iron Mountain, Jason? Do you know? Oh, there's man, actually, there's, my, there's an. Let me grab my other a, nerd book. You got a map Fishing next to you. Holy nerd. Holy nerd you are. But, yeah, we watched an episode of – Menominee River or – It might be Menominee. Um, Maybe it doesn't go into Iron Mountain, actually, now that I think about it. But we watched an episode of – it's Iron Mountain. It's the Menominee River. Okay, yeah, we were watching an episode of Keys Outdoors. Phenomenal muskie show if you guys want to get into muskie. YouTube, it's probably my favorite. Um, And – but, yeah, he uh, he fished that river chain, um, and they – connected with a lot of muskie up there and i never even knew um that existed but i know there's a lot of waters up up in the up that we haven't even remotely we've never fished for muskie up in the up but i know there's some uncharted waters well i guess next week we'll we'll target to Quaminan, so so there's a lot of a lot of waters in michigan to target muskie some higher densities of fish than others um obviously down here st Clair, that's probably your best bet but st Clair is a tough uh, lake to crack as we've learned like it's it's, it's so it, it it is honestly it's so massive you go out there and like like we were saying like we're like oh let's go over to that island over there and fish around that it's three and a half miles away yeah no it it, it didn't look like that it looked like oh we'll get there pretty quick yeah no yeah so um more realistically down here like if if anybody that's friends with us that that wants to get on a lake um lake ovid probably the closest and lansing like We've we both connected with fish there. We've seen a lot of fish there. It gets very choked out in the summertime because um, of weeds. But um, other than that, it's, it, there's not a lot that's close. That's 
within an hour, I guess. But yeah. And um, so the best times a year for muskie generally tend to be, uh, I guess that's that's opinionated, really, and probably more based on the waterway because um, spring's probably, I guess, from what I've read, what I know. Probably springtime seems to be the worst time to muskie fish. That be we probably caught more fish in the spring than we ever have. Because we usually get so burnt out, we're like, "Fuck this! I don't want to <laughs> fish anymore." I, I think, the only I think time by the fish. fall, <laughs> when the fall comes and we start, we get the bows in the hand, like yeah. we just stop fishing a lot. But if you later, think about think, it, like that, the yeah. the time they spawn, um, and and generally May in the springtime, um, we're generally, at least us, we're generally not targeting them much, um. And and post spawn fish, I don't care what fish you are. Post spawn fish are generally pretty hard to catch, and muskies specifically are pretty hard to catch. So, springtime probably not the best, but summertime on St. Clair is like prime time. They like that it warmer seems water. Like it, right? it definitely does. Um, and it, then it fall takes... is supposed to be for the big girls, the big fatties, when they're bulking up for the winter. Um, fall seems to be good. And actually, um, I, t- I mentioned to you that. Um, uh, someone that follows us on TikTok, he he had recognized the video I posted of you driving the boat. He was like, "Oh, I fish that lake all the time. That's my home lake." And Thorn he, apple. Thorn apple. Yeah. So he messaged, or I messaged him, or he he had made a comment like, "You know, let me know if you need any information on the lake." So I messaged him. I was like, "Where the fuck are the fish at?" <laughs> yeah, I think I, um, yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah, and he uh, so he messaged he me back like a bunch of tips and stuff. And that's his home lake, and he just recognized from the pictures. But um, he said the fall is be- the best time for him out there. He's like he goes out there, and there's days where he gets skunked, but he said there's days where he has multiple fish every day. He's pulled some fifty plus inch fish out there, and that. But the fall time for that lake, um, for him specifically, and we've never fished that in the fall, but we talked about it this year is getting into it in the fall. So. But again, that's going to be the challenge this year is fishing for muskie in the fall and not targeting whitetails <laughs> or trying to find that balance. Yeah. That, that's kind of like Jason balancing turkey and fishing. And you didn't do very well, well this you year. See how the balance. Yeah, yeah you yeah, didn't yeah, balance yeah. it because you literally turkey, 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 turkey. And then, yeah. oh, I'm going to go casting with Bob and Ryan. <laughs> I, so, I think that the I think that the UP is a little bit underrated when it comes to muskie fishing. I think there's a lot of opportunity to go up there in some really unpressured waters when it comes to some of those. There's so many rivers that flow in and out of Lake Michigan or Lake Superior on the north side. And then even in some of the inland lakes like Gogebic, um, Lockview Desert, stuff like that that's on the that's on the uh on the Wisconsin-Michigan border, where you can you can target, and, and I think Lockview Desert has like a really good reputation for tiger muskies mm-hmm. as well. But like I think that there's a lot of stuff that's just it's just it's so uninhabited up there. There's just not very many people up there, and especially people up there that are targeting muskie. Yeah. So like it's, it's if you're looking for unpressured waters, you go out to St. Clair on any given day throughout the throughout the summertime, you're going to wind up with you know, dodging yachts and shit that are trying, you know, you you might be trolling and tough. you have a yacht come within really 15 is. yards of your boat and you're like, you just want to chuck beer bottles at them or something. But yeah. either way, uh, if you're looking for some unpressured waters, there's lots of opportunity up in the UP, up in Northern, or up in the uh, Northern Lower Peninsula. 
some of the different waterways that we talked about. Lake Marguerite is kind of unmentioned, but have been stocking muskies for a long time. We fished that lake pretty extensively for a lot of other species in our younger years. And yeah, we used to fish awesome that a lake. lot as um, as kids. We used to. I would say in the northern lower, probably pound for pound, one of the best like all around fishing lakes. It's got the depth. It's we got haven't the fished size. that lake in years. We need to make a point great, to, to fish Great it. lake. That's in Grayling. And then Lake, uh, you know, Lake Winnie that we normally fish, which is an impoundment off the Thunder Bay River. You know, there's tons of opportunity in the north, but there's also some opportunity here down here in the south and even on the western side of the state. So, like, if you're thinking about getting into musky fishing, that like, definitely start looking at stocking records. Look at stocking records and look at stocking records that have at least a 10-year history so that you can get into some fish that are going to be of decent size. One of the ones that I'm kind of excited about, which he just sent to me the other day, was Belleville Lake because literally 30 minutes from our house. Yeah. They've actually minutes. been stocking Belleville for a long time. And, and, but they took a break for a while, and then they started back up, I think it was 2010. And, and so. n- not a lot of people are targeting that for muskie. Like, they're, yeah. like if you're a southeast we Michigan, be. If you're a southeast, southeast Michigan dude, you're hitting the Detroit River and, and Lake St. Clair because that's the – the preponderance of muskie, that's where you know where they're going to be. But, like, Belleville Lake might be a good place to go out there and, you know, throw a few bucktails around and see what, see what the hell happens. So that's something that we're looking into. So there are plenty of opportunities in Michigan. I think over 120, I think, is what I heard uh, uh, what's-his-name say on that podcast the other day, over 120 different managed uh, musky lakes or musky waters in the in the state of Michigan. That's between the Great Lakes fisheries. That I know they've been stocking Beta Knock as well. So that's something to think about. And then like so there's a ton of opportunity. Like you think about big musky waters. If you're a musky fisherman, you're thinking about Minnesota, Wisconsin. As far as the US is concerned, then there's obviously Ontario, Northwest Ontario and stuff like that, where the waters are kind of endless up there. But like down here, where can you fish? Like, you don't have to go to Minnesota to target muskie. You don't have to go to Wisconsin to target muskie. We have them here. You just got to get out there and get after them. And sometimes there's not the density that you would see at Millock or, you know, some of these other bigger muskie lakes that are that are world-renowned. But they're up and coming. You know, they will be a thing. I think, I think though, the direction that muskie fishing is heading in for the state of Michigan I think is good. I think we're we're gonna see. Um, I, I think we're gonna, definitely trending in the right direction. Like after right. you listen to that, I think that we're gonna podcast. See, yeah, we're gonna. I think we're gonna see like some upward trends. You know, in 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 a shout out to all these groups that are out there, the guys that are out there that are that are putting in the work and they are you know helping the stocking efforts or they're helping you know some of these different um, you know the. You know, like like Ovid, you know, there's guys that go out every year and go out to the dam. They go out to the dam at Lake Ovid and they and they scoop up the fish that have overflown from the dam to yeah. bring them back into the lake. And yeah. there's there's guys that are doing this voluntarily. Nobody's getting paid to do it. And it's because I would we, love to do some shit like that too. Yeah, like, that was you know, it just it's a good cause, right? Like it's and it it promotes the sport and like i would i would 100% do shit like that that was the purpose that we originally joined michigan musky alliance was to get into the sport of fishing to be able to see some of these fishing reports because the guys do a great job at like saying hey i fished 
I fished Lake Hudson yeah. today and I didn't run into any fish, right? All right, all right. Caught a fish on Lake Hudson today. If, if anybody wants to get lake. into muskie fishing, I would highly recommend joining one of the muskie inks musky, chapters. Yeah, so there's musky, Michigan Muskie Alliance, which generally they kind of cover the entire um, state of Michigan, not so much St. Clair. There's a separate chapter that is dedicated to just St. Clair. I like the Michigan Muskie Alliance because they kind of cover all the other lakes, but um we learned a ton just from by by joining that and just i just reading forums joining asking questions on there and you know you get a ton of responses and usually you don't you don't get the trolls on there because usually they'll boot those guys out right like they're not gonna they're not gonna tolerate some stuff like you get some genuine guys that are just they want you to be you know productive they want you to catch fish because they want to promote the sport and so it's a be a good thing i think it was like what 35 bucks a year you you have to pay to be a to be a member of michigan muscular alliance but But you get like a magazine subscription like it's right it's worth it and not only that but like everybody's paying to be part of it so you're you're somewhat passionate about it because you're going to pay money out of your pocket to to be part of this organization that's our bold prediction all three of us are going to join the mma i'm probably going to rejoin mma just because Jason, it, you it's just, been you a few just do years. It. It's been a few years. I, I jumped off of it because I ran right. into some musky snobs on there that I was like, you know, lick my butthole because you're <laughs> dumb. And, and this you're is dumb. Stupid. You're dumb. And That's just one musky lure. Just don't buy that one musky lure, and that pays for your membership. Right, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> so you're gonna have to you're you're gonna have to sacrifice one musky yeah. lure, and then you can be a member of Michigan. I'm not yeah. trying to plug them for any reason. I don't know why that no. came about, but either way, it's a good call. I mean, there's not. I think that those, where else is there that's going to be promoting musky conservation as much as they are? Like, well, they're the ones that are really. Yeah. They spearhead the stocking efforts for the DNR. Is that right, Jason? Like, do you know much about like the funding and stuff the DNR gets? Like, that comes from a lot of like stuff like that, like, like nonprofit like, type stuff. And so, I, I think there are some like co-op agreement type things. Yeah, um, I am just now learning a little bit about that, so I don't have much info to share. But I know that the the kind of the cooperative partnership, if you will, the voice that Mich- Michigan Muskie Alliance provides as a whole. Yeah kind of speaking for musket anglers around Michigan, I think those organized groups like that really help yeah. with conservation and management of those specific species. Yeah. So they're either always, way, it's a good, I mean, it's a good cause. It's a good, th- good group to be a part of. So. They're, they're always present at these DNR uh, town halls and things like that, where they're, they're talking about changing different regulations or stocking efforts in different bodies of water and things like that. So they always have a voice. Yeah. And sometimes it's louder than others. And uh, so it, it, it is a good thing. We will probably, I, I think I'll probably wind up becoming a member again, maybe just yeah. of the St. Clair chapter, just because I'm I'm kind of gearing myself towards St. Clair a little yeah. bit more. But yeah, so, so that that's so, breaking down the waters a little bit and, and showing you guys that like, hey, there's, there's t- plenty of opportunity in the state of Michigan. Like this yeah. is, we are surrounded by lakes big water big fish big water and you can go out there and chase them too you don't have to live in minnesota or ontario to to catch a big muskie so so let's i don't want to get too deep into it because we could honestly we'll probably end up doing a separate podcast just on baits right on the different techniques different baits so we're not going to go down that um today necessarily um i guess let's go round table what's your favorite bait to throw I guess overall, I know Bob's. I know what he's going to say, but Jason, what, what what's do. your favorite? I think I know yours. What's what's your favorite? And regardless of lake, what's just if you had one lure to throw, what are you going to for musky? 
I think that I like launching in a very high arcing cast a big bulldog so that when it hits the water, it sounds like Skabloosh. someone fell off the boat. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a muskie just hit the water. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so you think a bulldog, right? I, I am going to pick a bulldog, yeah. Okay. Bob, what's yours? Uh, I'm a little bit more finesse when it comes to, to musky. I, 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 I don't mind throwing like some of the big rubber stuff, but I, I'm a big fan of glide baits. I'm a big fan of the bolt or of the, uh, like I'm saying you had one bait, one bait. You, you had one bait. Uh, What's your go-to? You're going to Squamanon and you can pick, bring one lure. What are you bringing? I'm gonna, in I'm, general, you're going to the okay, lake. Okay, okay. Give me, give me one bait. I'm you're gonna, going to the lake, and you got to bring your best bait. This is your best chance. You think you got to put in the fish in the boat? I'm going to go with a single blade of bucktail. I don't know why. I, I that's just, not what I thought it was going to be. I, <laughs> I enjoy throwing them. I like the action of them. I like the thump that a single bladed bucktail gives me. Primarily, like like a Meps Flashaboo or Marabou. No. Um, I like that that big single eight. I don't know why, or the, you know, like I just, it, it gives off a good vibration and it comes in, it is not super hard to pull, but, and you can catch, I've caught smallmouth bass on them fuckers. I've yeah. caught, I've caught Northern Pike on them. I've, you know, so it's, I, to me, it's a smaller bait when it comes to the musky world, but it is something that's kind of universal and, and I can fish fast. I like to fish fast. That's me. Um, you were probably thinking phantom soft tails for yeah. me. No? Nope. What were you thinking? Spinnerbait. Oh, shit. Yeah, I do throw a lot of spinnerbaits. You throw I a like, lot of spinnerbaits. I like a big-ass spinnerbait. You I throw, throw a spinnerbait, sp- no matter what you're fishing with, you are always throwing a spinnerbait. Yeah, I could be fishing for steelhead, and I'd be throwing a spinnerbait. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm a spinnerbait guy. Is that a dude. good salmon lure, Jason? <laughs> like, I think that you could. What's funny is there's a lot of guys that throw a little bit smaller single-bladed maps in the river for yeah. salmon. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm a. right at home, Bob. Yeah, I'm a, uh, I, I am a spinnerbait dude. Yeah. I, I, oh man, if I had to backtrack, no, I'd, I'd yeah. probably have to go with that. You just that, that's me. what I, 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 I just figured. Guys, like, I throw, to me, the the spinnerbait is very versatile compared to a bucktail. Yeah. Bucktail, like you're burning it across the top of the water, where spinnerbait you can do so much more with it. Um, and actually, you don't think about this shit, right? I listen to way too many podcasts. That's all I fucking do anymore. But the Muskie 360 podcast, again, if you want to get into muskie fishing, if you're not, always listen to our podcast because you Cricket. should. But listen to the Muskie 360 podcast. Um, it, it's it's really good. The The dude that hosts it, uh, Stephen Paul, he, he's been a guide for all his life, it seems like. And the dude knows a ton of shit. But, like, his big thing with any lure he's throwing, he, he asks the big question of what is the lure going to do when I'm not reeling it in and i'm like why the fuck does that matter because he's like if you're reeling a bucktail and you stop it and you got to follow and you need to stop it what's it do it just kind of it sits there it falls it doesn't do anything where a spinnerbait you stop it it kind of flutters the skirt flutters the blades flop as it's falling and that's a tactic for spinnerbaits like to reel it let it fall reel it let it fall and that's something that, like, I learned from there. Like, you don't think about that shit. I'm like, well, why does it matter when I'm not reeling it? And he even talks, goes into bulldogs. Like, between a bulldog and a medusa, they're significantly different baits when you're not reeling it. Because the bulldog drops fast. Drops, yeah. nose dives pretty much in most cases. Where the medusa has got a flat bottom where it kind of just falls at a real small. And it, and it doesn't nose dive. It just falls straight down where it's completely different action. So, 
again, really good podcast. If you want to learn about muskie, I would recommend that one. So yeah. my go-to. Don't learn from us because. You definitely don't learn from us because we're learning from them. Yeah, Just right. go straight to them. But still listen to us because we're comedic and it's good shit. So we're stupid. We're stupid. So, yeah, we we're, let's not get into the baits too much because we're already two hours into this. Um, I think we'll do another podcast literally just focusing on the gear, um, the the rods, the reels, the lines, like, because that, I mean, how long could we talk about that? My God. Oh, my God. But, I mean, I guess to summarize it, our first rods were, what, $100 for a combo. Yeah. Rod, reel, combo, you get a, a spool line get a handful of lures. So for a couple hundred bucks, essentially, you could get into this sport. It's not like it's anything crazy. My first muskie, I think I had like six lures and I had my normal boxes and I had like one tray set up for muskie lures. And I had like a believer crankbait, maybe a bucktail and like a, my broke ass spinner bait that Jason calls it, you know, <laughs> like that's it. And like, you can catch fish. So don't think it's like, Oh my God, I don't have the money to get into musky fishing. You can do it relatively cheap. I don't know what you can find a combo now, but I mean, those combos we had worked fine. I used them for years. I still have that reel, that, that same reel. I still use that thing. So like you can get into it pretty cheap, but we'll get, we'll do another podcast just breaking down the different types of rods, the different types of reels, differences in line, lures, because again, that's. Oh my god, that's Pandora's box. I, th- I think you can get into musky fishing for just about the same price as like some medium, really price. any fishing, I mean, honestly, some like medium like, price bass gear. Yeah, you, any yeah, fishing same, if you think about thing. it. Like, yeah, musky lures cost a little bit more, but you don't need that many of them. Like, you don't need as many as we have. You could buy, you know, five, six lures, ten lures, and have like an application for each thing. Where you get into bass fishing, you got the hooks, you've got the plastics. Like, that shit's just as expensive. It adds up super quick, and then you buy to buy a nice bass reel or spinning reel. Like it's still pretty expensive to get into any fishing. But if you if you are interested in musky fishing, just know like you don't need top of the line shit. I caught more musky on my non Saint Croix rods and my non three hundred dollar Abu Garcia reel than I did on the shit that I've got. Yeah, I don't know if I've caught a musky on that Abu Garcia reel yet. Everything I've caught on that one. You had six lures and you've caught one musky. Now you have sixty lures and you've caught two musky. I honestly went back when I. It's been a while since I put a musky in the boat. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Well, I guess it would have been Ovid. A couple, uh, well, no, it was last year, wasn't it? A couple of years ago, maybe. Well, yeah, it was last, last year that year, I could yeah. put a musky in the boat. Whatever. Um, but before thought, that, it was like four guys, years before I actually put a musky in the boat. And like, I didn't have that many lures. Like, I had a couple trays. Well, now it's morphed into this lure hell in my tackle box i have a separate bag just for musky lures now you know what happens i do the same thing with like with salmon fishing tackle what happens is i have this jaded idea that i can buy success so if i buy a couple (laughs) more spoons i'll catch 100 percent dude right if i buy another bondi bait for 24.99 well then i'll catch a musky right I just try, I guess when I'm looking at lures, I really try to buy something for each application. Like, I've got a ton of lures, but I've got, like, four spinner baits. I don't have 17. I've got, like, four different colors, right? And then I've got... just musky baits? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was going to say... Not, we're talking gonna, musky. Uh, we're not uh, talking uh, anything else. Uh, uh, uh. Shush your face. Um... This is the Musky Madness podcast. So I think I have more lures, more musky lures than you do. 100%. Yeah. In what you just ordered. 
but no, like me, I, and, the know, musky, even, me and the musky chaperone on a first name basis. Oh, so I go, oh shit, it's Bob again. <laughs> fucking, we'll set this priority. You place I get my shit quick from musky this, shop. This dude placed like three orders in a day. I did, I did because I was like, <laughs> I placed an order and then I was like, oh shit, I forgot to add this. And I was like, well, when if Bob I'm gonna place another order, it. might as well. You got to get that free shipping code, right? So I'm going to throw another 30 bucks on there to yeah, save five. Fuck. I spent like a couple hundred bucks. In when Bob goes letter. to their website, instead of it saying, hello, new customer, it says, welcome back. Welcome back, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Welcome um, back. But yeah, Bob I preferred preferred customer. My, uh, so no, my all star a number one top gun. Cadet. My box is, is set up for like, like I said, I've got about five or six crankbaits. I've got a couple bucktails. I've got a couple top water. I've got a couple. I've got a couple glide baits. I've literally got a couple of everything in different colors. I don't have like a shit ton of everything until I find out something that I really like to throw. I'm not going to hone in on it. Where this dude's got, I do have a lot of bucktails, and I, I'm not going to lie, I hate bucktails. I hate them. I've never seen a fish throwing a bucktail ever. I hate them. And I, so I have no confidence in throwing a bucktail, but they're like the tried and true go-to for musky and i still throw them i just don't like them i think i'm easily convinced is what it is oh yeah you so watch a, want, another watch episode something. of musky hunter and you're like i gotta have that. i gotta have that lungeon i gotta have that you think you can that. buy success yeah exactly yeah so and funny story about that they're tools like every every lure that i own i i look at it as like a tool and i want it, i i look at it as like i could i could see a situation where i could use this and I'm like, you know what? I want to. I'm going to buy it just so that I can have that tool. But when the handyman doesn't know how to use the tool, it doesn't mean I, I know shit. how to use all of them. I know how to use these some bitches. These damn fish don't know how to that's, bite it. Yeah, that's that's fair. But anyways, funny story. So you guys heard this story, but the listeners didn't. So we go out Listen, to St. Clair. Did you say plural? Did you Hold say on. plural listeners? Hold on. Well, we listen to us. So we have three here that listen to oh, it, okay. and then one Hold other. On. So Hold, Hold on a second. Hold on. Snake! Oh, it's the it's a terrible. How many has Bob had? Um, oh, six or well, he ran out, seven. so there's that. We are out. We're out of beer. Uh, if his boss is listening to this, to this he's podcast. Calling, all right, we'll see. He's you next calling week. in to work tomorrow. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, funny story. So we uh, we go out musky fishing last weekend and don't even turn a fish. Right, and I go home. I. I I, I think I finished editing the podcast. I got it posted, and I sit down on the couch. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go through YouTube. Musky hunters on there, so I go to the first step. The new uh, new seasons posted on YouTube because I don't even have cable, so I didn't watch that shit when it was on months ago. So I wait for him to post it on YouTube. And first first episode of the new season is Lake St. Clair. Booyah! Right? Those fuckers caught 13 fish in a morning. In yeah. one morning. Yeah. And granted, they were like prefrontal. There was a storm coming in, and like, and I thought at first I thought they were they were fishing at night because it looked like the sun was setting, but it was sun up. Turns out because they were trying to get out there early before the storm hit. Well, they caught like four fish, and literally you can see the sun is just rising. And I'm like, maybe we should have got out there earlier. But yeah, I'm like, we missed that window. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm sitting there thinking on the couch. I'm like, we just fished for like seven hours and didn't even see a fish. And these guys just caught 13 and probably five hours. I'm like, God, we suck. (laughs) But they're professionals. I think I'm going to start listening to that. No, that was just YouTube. Musky Hunter on (laughs) YouTube. Yeah. Which is a, it's a kind of a cheesy show, but join us for a, join us next week for another big fish adventure. 
Yeah. God, they plug the sponsors on that too. Oh, oh my yeah, God, they blow I, them up. I, I, you know, when we get when we do get sponsors, we're never going to do shit like Someday. that. I am not going to like. Oh my God, it's nauseating to watch it. I'm like, fast forward. I don't want to listen to your shit. Our but, sponsors are going to be like Dude Wipes and Charmin. Exactly. Brought to you by. But that is fitting as shit for this podcast. Taking another shit in a bucket with my Charmin. Lug, the, lug, <laughs> the luggable lube. You know, is when I shit on a bucket, I really like to wipe my ass with some really nice Charmin. When I have a problem on the boat, I like to clean up with Charmin. <laughs> oh, man. When I'm in the woods, not I can see the or turkeys, I, can I like see... to shit in the woods with Charmin. When I... my ass explodes on the boat, I like to clean up with Charmin. <laughs> I can see the... Com- <laughs> Charmin will be like, you're never allowed to... You're never allowed to plug us again. <laughs> I can I can see the commercial now. Jason's sitting up against a tree with his turkey vest, and then the the cartoon bear comes up through the tree and rubs his ass all over the tree. <laughs> you remember those charming commercials? Yeah, oh yeah, they're oh, yeah. they're the, weird. The they're bear weird. the bear rubs his they're ass little, against the, a tree because yeah, like it'd rather little, it'd rather wipe his ass with charming than the tree bark yeah. or something. And I'm like, yep, there's Jason sitting next to the tree, turkey hunting, missing gobblers left and right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. At least I loaded my gun that day. Oh, man. All right. That's fun. But so, yeah, let's let's get into the, I guess, the specifics of of Muskie on the next one of the next podcasts. We'll, we'll break down Muskie a little bit more. Not that we know what the fuck we're talking about, but at least we have some general idea because I've watched enough uh, enough shows and and you know what podcasts. We've thing. thrown all these lures. Yeah, we we've got we've got some stuff prepared here, but uh, we're well, just in the essence of time, like we can get into it. But this is, I mean, literally, we have two hours of talking points there of 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 the differences in lures, times of year yeah. for each lure. Like we definitely, have and then enough, you get into lines and the different ex- reels on the market, and like it's just yeah. We'll get into it. We'll we'll get into that um, a little more specifically. Maybe we'll do a a special edition. Oh oh man, <laughs> we haven't had enough. What of were you saying, Jason? Um, one thing that I liked is when we were at the launch in Fairhaven, we Ryan and I launched the boat. Bob was going to park, and the guy launched next to us, and he looked in the boat, saw the enormous amount of tackle, and said, <laughs> "Oh, are you guys going for muskie?" No, he said, "Are so, you guys?" No, he's like, "Are you guys going for bass?" Oh, that, I forgot. You're yeah, talking, the guy up at the guy up at the pavement was talking to us about bass on the beds, right? That yeah, was that was the, the dude with the jet ski. Was, he's yeah, like, "Are you guys yeah. going for bass?" And I'm thinking. I'm holding a nine foot rod, dude. I couldn't even understand. totally going for bass, bro. I, I you got it. I couldn't understand what he was saying. I couldn't either. There was the guy. I think he, he said he said bass. He said bass, and you could understand it. But I was like, is, is there something wrong with him? He, he was he was drunk at uh, eight in the morning. So. <laughs> he was he was actually coming off the lake. Yeah. <laughs> there was the old guy that launched next to us that was going. That guy, yeah. I think yeah. he said something about musky. Yeah. So we at least oh, looked yeah. like we knew what we were doing. Yeah. As long as you look like a musky fisherman, that's we look like musky fishermen when we're out there without sunglasses, like jackasses. The uh, it's the like my fish. one rule to not forget my sunglasses, right? Sure, sure shit, George, I forget them. Like musky fishing, and there is nothing worse than fishing without sunglasses. I used to keep an extra pair in the glove box of the boat, and for some reason, I didn't have one. For a long time, I kept an extra pair in my bag, but now I've got like four bags, so I don't know where the fuck they're at. So. But I guess I got to buy more sunglasses. But I always kept like yeah. a cheap like Berkeley pair just to have. Like 
you get out on the water and you're already launched or whatever, like exactly what we did. I don't have to go back and get them right. I can just pull like even if it's not the nicest set, it's whatever. But so, um, yeah, I guess the last thing to to, to talk about um, electronics. Let's get into that real real quick because we've really ne- we've never had decent electronics, but you were we used them a lot on Sunday when we were out there. Yeah, because we've always had just like your basic down imaging shit you know and like but now that we yeah. have side imaging um i just think like for me i think that's going to be a game changer especially fishing st Clair. when you're covering a body of water like that if you have side imaging and i'm shooting an image what 30 40 feet off of each side of my boat to be able to pick up where those weed beds are as opposed to your basic depth finder that's just pointing straight down below your boat trying to find weeds like changes the game a lot and even like when we were up at Winya, um, when I'm motoring, like I'm motoring right through the channel and I'm 20 feet of water, right? And you think probably just I'm in a river channel, right? Like there's nothing down there. Well, I'm marking some monster logs down there, just timber, debris that's drifted through this channel. And I'm like, that's where fish are going to hold up. So I've got waypoints all over. So I like marking this shit. So like I can come back and I can cast around that. And I think for Tequamanon, that's going to be huge, like marking that, like you were saying, marking some deep holes, marking some any type of structure yeah. that's down there. Because, again, 17 miles, you got to find where those fish are holding, and they're going to hold on that type of stuff, whatever structure yeah. that's down there. Maybe it's a clump of weeds that's down there. Maybe it's some, uh, uh, you know, uh, they're probably not stumps in that river. I don't, I don't know, but, but logs I, down there. I think there you guys and, are going to find a lot of wood and stuff, yeah, and you're going to be able to see I would assume some, from, from shit that's coming over the falls and flowing down river, there's probably a lot of shit. Honestly, there's yeah. going to be a lot of structure in that river. But without having that, you probably don't see a lot of that. You know, and I, so we're new to the, the structure game. There was actually a video I watched of Doug Wagner. We've talked about him a lot. He's a huge in the musky world. He's, he's a younger guy, but he's getting very popular in the musky world. And he did a seminar and it's on YouTube and a bunch of other channels of basically structure fishing for musky and how to use your electronics, whether it be side imaging, down imaging, whatever, to, to basically to get yourself on more fish. And it's, it's really good. It's like, an, I don't know, maybe a half hour, 45 minute thing, but I would recommend it to anybody. Just youtube doug wagner he's got a page on there and he's super informative but as far as the electronics go when he he's in the back of the boat and he's got like three 12 inch screens like i'm nobody's gonna have that like that's that's ridiculous but just like he's the way he's got it set up like he he's literally like he'll be he'll be drifting across the lake and he'll pick up something on his side imaging and, like, he'll pick up a fish or pick up a structure, and he'll be like, cast right over there. There's a fish right over there. And sure, shit, they'll cast, like, all on footage, and wham, they catch a fish. And it's like, holy shit. Like, it's like a video game, you know? Yeah. But I think that's – um, and obviously everybody can't have that. If you're just getting into the game, like, that's probably least of your worries. But for me and for Bob, like, that's what I'm really targeting on is utilizing – my electronics to try to get on more fish, whether it's finding structure, finding fish, weed beds, whatever. So, but I think understanding like depth, depth and temperature are your number one things that you can do. Uh, make, making sure that you're, you know, knowing what water temperature in is important to understand where the fish might be. You know, 
if you're if it's super cold, super warm, yeah. whatever. Musky are a little bit warm, a little bit more of a warm water fish. Uh, they're not like pike in that regard, where pike are kind of a cold water fish. So as the temperature rises throughout the summer, you're going to be targeting pike a little bit deeper, whereas you're going to be targeting musky, you know, even a little bit more shallow in some cases. But like understanding, you, you don't have to have side imaging. You don't have to have the 360 and all the other crazy stuff that's out there. That stuff, they're all tools. They're all tools just to kind of get you in the area. And then you still got to like, you still have to commit the the rest of that. You still got to be able to throw the right lure yeah. in their face and make sure that they're eating it. So it's quite the commitment, musky fishing right. it really is. I so. think side imaging kind of changed the game a little bit for me when it came to like understanding structure, understanding you know what's around the boat and what I can do with it. You know, I I didn't. I'm I'm not super like techy. I'm not a super electronic dude, like, but when I bought some side imaging for the boat and started using this stuff, at first I was like, okay, it's just another thing to look at, and all right, that looks cool. There's a log down there. All right, that looks cool. There's a there's a, a sunken ship down there. That's cool. Yeah. But like, yeah. starting to understand the bottom a little bit better is a little bit more important when it comes to well, how, a, how you want to approach it. There's a lot to like reading the bottom too, like. And I don't really, I'm not good with it. And some of it, I might have to adjust some sensitivities and things like that on my, my, uh, my unit, but you can actually tell whether the bottom is mud, whether it's sand, whether it's like hard bottom rocks, just based on the, the lines and what, what you're seeing on the screen, that's like a whole nother world. So like, that's, um, one of my bold predictions, I guess, learn my electronics a little better. So. There you go. Yeah, so you're, you're way better versed in your electronics than I am. I fucked around with it a lot. Like I, when I got mine, I read the manual from cover to cover. I actually, did I think I the, did. You read the Spanish directions? I did. Yeah. And then I'm like, I don't understand any of this shit. <laughs> no, and then I'm like, no, oh, okay. I flip it over and I got the Deutsch one. Okay, I know that one pretty good. <laughs> oh man. So Jason, what's coming up for you? What do you got going on this week? I don't want it to. <laughs> I feel like if I say I'm going fishing with this weekend, that's a bold prediction. Because <laughs> you're not going out of town this weekend, right? You're going to be... Um, this weekend, I'll be at the cabin. Ooh, I bet you don't cast the line again. <laughs> you should work I on those trailer bearings again. As long as you're not in Ohio furniture shopping. Like that's then, that's you know, That's, that's fair. You had a weekend off. Well, you got to please the wife a little bit, though, right? Yeah, so the, exactly. So we... Exactly. All three of us took last weekend off from fishing. I, I had to work, but I still spent time with the family. Bob spent time with the family. You went furniture shopping in Amish country, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so you gotta you gotta do that. Like we can't fish every weekend. Uh, you know, we're doing a podcast tonight after work because if we spend every day off doing podcasts, or we're just going to be three single guys doing podcasts. Apparently, <laughs> we're going to change the name. Wait, I mean, that only sounds half bad. Wait, it doesn't wait. sound terrible, though. It doesn't, doesn't. I love my life. <laughs> Having a good time. <laughs> so you're going to the she cabin? Su- she Anything? supports all my fishing adventures. <laughs> are you, are you, any plans at the cabin or are you just going to hang out? I mean, again, like I said, I've tried to go fishing before and things didn't go well. So I don't want to go too far on a limb here. But no, our intentions are to do some walleye fishing on Saginaw Bay. Okay. So. Well, I want some video. I want some content for the page. 
I want yes, some sir. fish. If it, being, uh, if it ends up being a blown tire on the side of the road, I'll videotape that too. Oh my god! Yeah, you just need a GoPro running the entire time. The entire <laughs> okay. y'all, y- y- you two need to get GoPros. I'm just saying, we need some content. We ain't rich like you. I ain't fucking rich at all. Just make it happen, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess we can plug. We can plug our new Facebook page. Um, so yeah, I, I finally got around to creating a Facebook page. We're in the 21st century with uh, terrible outdoorsmen. So um, if you are listening to this, give us a follow on Facebook. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, I did set up an email um, the other the other day too. So just the terrible outdoorsmen at gmail.com. So if you have any comments, questions, you can shoot me an email. Or just hit them up on hit us up on any of the social media pages. So we'd we'd like to do some Q and A. So if you get a if you have a question, it doesn't matter. There are no dumb questions. So if you have a question as it pertains to musky fishermen or musky musky fishing or salmon fishing or whatever it might be, hit us up. Ask your question, and we'll yeah. make sure that we reference it on the uh, next podcast. Yeah, we we did a Q and A session. What that was, was fun. That? What was that like? Episode three, I think we did. Yeah, something like that. Episode three or four, and like that got a fun. lot of feedback. A really good feedback. I think that that video or that podcast has some of the most listens of all of our podcasts. So um, it was good. Yeah. Was- so if you have any questions, like I said, you can shoot us through the shoot us through the email or hit us up on any of our social media. Just you know, give. We'll we'll put together all the questions. Once we get enough, we'll uh, we'll throw together an episode for that. But yeah, give us a follow on any of our pages. Um, I just um, did a little little swag um, incentive on TikTok. Um, if you fo- if you if you follow us and you um, like the 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 thing I posted, I'm going to throw out some free swag. We got some koozies. Um, we got some stickers made up for like decals for the trucks, for the boats, for the campers, for the Yetis, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, so thank you to my wife who's been putting a lot of that together, crafty side, but other stuff I've got kind of, um, in the back of my mind, stuff I want to put together. So as this thing grows, as it tends to be doing, we get more and more listeners. I mean, shit, last week we had, we had the the biggest week last week of, of all the weeks in, in podcast listens. So thank you everybody that listened. Um, humbled, I guess I'm the humble bumble, um, with, (laughs) With the uh, humble bumble. Last week was shenanigans, man. Well, it wasn't even just, I mean, last week's episode was really, really good for, for listens. But we have, I mean, I still like that first episode is still like every week we have another 10, 15 listens to it. So those are new people listening, you know, so we were growing and uh, we've, I mean, shit, we're, you know, we're, we're I don't want to say we're big, but like we're starting to get a, 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 a pretty, pretty good following. So I appreciate everybody that's listening. I, I, I honestly didn't think we'd have this many listens at episode, what, 14, I think we're on now. I have no, no idea, to, to no, not even a thought that I think we'd have this many. We should celebrate. What are we going to celebrate with? Snort! <laughs> why did they yell into the microphone? Oh my God. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Take it. I'm gonna take the corner out. Take the corner out. <laughs> it's literally a full fifth. Take take the corner out. I gotta drive home and I gotta be to work at five. You can sleep in, the in my house. No, right I here. can't. I have I'm to not work. letting you drive. I'm taking your keys. Too, too fucking bad. Well, well I'll fight I, you. My about it. my beer and a half I've had. All right. Oh man, where's the cap?
Throw the cap in the fire. I threw the cap in the fire. <laughs> we need a fire down here. We so yeah, fire down um, here in my basement. I can't wait. Let's to, not. We let's just do not. A, what? We should do a camp out in Bob's basement. There Fuck you go. Yeah. yeah, we'll get a tent. We'll make a fort. Yeah. Make yeah. a fort. <laughs> There's so much room for activities. In yeah. all, in all honesty, though, Jason, we got to get you down here again. It was a good it time was a having good. you down. Detroit River musky jigging. Yeah, but doing a podcast in person, like you said, it's a whole different animal than you sitting there um, at your house talking to your phone as opposed to being here, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The beers go down good when, you, <laughs> when you're when you having a good <laughs> oh time with buddies. Three hours But later. even um, we had mentioned, you know, doing a podcast from the cabin. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. That's one place that we... We didn't list, but about 20 minutes from the cabin is Bud Lake. So there's musky well, in that. Well, you, you wanted me to leave that out for undisclosed reasons that we won't bring up. Oh, on this shit. Are you trying to protect your lake? <laughs> no, no, no. You no, fucking... no, no. It's, it's nothing to do with I that. Said, I said you can mention Bud Lake. You son of a bitch. He's, tr- he's trying to protect his bar. dignity. Is he? Are you that guy? Are you part of MMA? No, he's trying to protect his dignity from the Bud Lake bar. And experiences. I that, hear they that, have shiny floors have. there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hear. They've got a they've got a nice mop bucket. They got, so they got the cleanest floor. One, one day we're going to tell that story, but we're going to wait uh, for his wife to and, say I do, and then and, she's locked in. He's either married or divorced. <laughs> <laughs> just it's it's not that uh, eventful of a story, but just got a rag on him. So yeah. All right, Jason, you got any uh, final comments? Um. I don't know if it's worth mentioning, but my birthday is tomorrow. Oh, shit, oh, it is. snap. What are you, like, 28, 29? He's 18. Or 31. He's yeah. 18. I'm not that far off. Jesus. You were the 31? You were the big 3-0 last year? Yeah. God damn, you're young. 31? I can't even remember when I was 31. Back in my day, sonny, I used to catch musky on a rubber worm. (laughs) All you needed was a daredevil. (laughs) A red and white daredevil. Daredevil. Somehow. Piece of rope. Oh, Tomorrow, eh? 78 inch musky. Damn it. All right. Everybody that's listening to this, I want you to blow up our page with a happy birthday to Jason. Every page. I'm going to post all kinds of shit tomorrow. I'm going to make it awkward as hell for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be obscene. Like, He's going to get tagged in 30 different things. So everybody knows it's his birthday. I got memes for days. Memes. He's the meme master over here. Mimi. Mimi. I, I got the May Mace. Whip. Whip. Mimi. May May. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bob, you got anything? Oh, keep your legs crossed, your mind on Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's that's got to be how we end it. That's our outro. That's I don't even need music. That's it right there. Keep your legs crossed, your mind on Jesus. Keep your mind down, Jesus. <laughs> Lord Jesus, there's a fire. Oh, my God. Okay, on that note, we're going to get the hell out of here. So, again, give us a follow on on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and whatever the hell you follow us on. Give us a follow because we are going to have lots more content as we um, get into the more of the summer and we actually have more time to fish. As we get rolling, get a little more acclimated, we're going to have lots more video content we're posting. Um, 
lots more podcasts coming. I know we've got some stuff in the pipeline we're talking about. We're going to have hunting stuff coming. Um, super excited for hunting stuff. And then just summer, summertime activities. We got camping trips coming up. We got, you know, barbecues coming up. We got 4th of July. Uh, what's tomorrow? Besides Jason's birthday. It's Tuesday. <laughs> it's flag. It's flag day. It's flag, you didn't know, day. It's flag yeah. day. June fourteenth. Yeah. It's f- flag day. Salute your flag. <laughs> Just saluted. I was like, so, is it the army's birthday or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is, Bob. That's what I was going to say. That's what here. I was going to say. <laughs> Jason knew. I don't know. These days roll together anymore. Yeah. Uh, is tomorrow Tuesday? I don't know. I don't know what day it is anymore. What... I've been working so much. I don't. It doesn't yeah. matter. I just need to know if Shit. I work or not work. <laughs> it's tomorrow fishing so yeah, day. <laughs> give give us a give us a follow if you don't follow us, um, and then give us a share when you when you see us post stuff. Share it around, spread the word. Um, like again, we've had tons of new listeners every week, and that's because it's from word of mouth. People that are telling people about it. Obviously, you guys like it. All the reviews have been good. Um, give us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you listen to. Um, just so we know how we're doing. If there's anything you want to hear more of, you want us to improve on, let us know. We haven't heard any bad feedback since the first one, so I know there's been some bad shit in me in the first 13 episodes. Send it. I dare you. Send it. Hit send it. <laughs> I, I dare you. I dare you. It's starting to get weird. <laughs> and I don't want to say this is the point that everybody um, turned it off because that was way, Nobody way... was listening to begin with. That's true. We're talking to ourselves right now. I t- I do awesome. All, I do it all the time. All those listens have just been <laughs> us like constantly repeating, hearing our voice. It's me signing on different computers. Oh, he's got, he's at work. And he's got like seventeen computers. He we just, just talk, changing IP addresses and shit, and just listen, listen, listen for every different application. So. Got to bump up those numbers. Those are rookie numbers. You got to bump that shit up. What? Oh my god! <laughs> this guy's getting the weasels over there. <laughs> the weasels. <laughs> uh, you are an old man old wheezy over here <laughs> you need an inhaler bro i gotta go take my pill and go to bed i gotta <laughs> viagra <laughs> so i don't roll out of bed <laughs> <laughs> so you don't roll out of bed you gotta kick sand <laughs> <laughs> my bed's kind of high so i don't want to roll out Holy of the top shit. oh my god I swear to God, like talking to you is like talking to like my my sixty nine year old dad. <laughs> I gotta eat so I can take my back pill. <laughs> oh, I don't know why I found that so funny. <laughs> take my back pill and take your front pill too. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, we're gonna end on that note. Have a good right. night, boys. Get outdoors and don't be terrible.